live because if I'm if we're not live then you know why, why am I even talking right uh, welcome everybody and thank you so much for joining us here uh, I am PPG grandpa this is clear prop TV we got a lot of people right here that are gonna be uh, chatting with you uh, we got a lot of people on the panel and of course we got a guest going on but let's uh, run through everybody on the panel so you know who we're talking about will fly you can find him at willflyppg.com thank you will for joining us we also got brian haybill waller you can find him at ppgbrian.com he's he's our famous guy uh that that, that everybody talks about right <laughs> we also got jp tulo at jptulo.com he's our tiktok tulo and also the guy that takes care of um all of our stuff in the background and he just now i don't know where i am i don't know where he just uh shared his screen so i don't know where i am right now so if i miss you i i'm really sorry it, it's it's all jp's fault um let's see who's next then oh never trust the skinny chef shane you can find him at uh, ppgshane.com we got eric lear you can find him at ppglear.com paramom usa Welcome, Linda. We appreciate you. Flying Flamingo Jade, you can find her at paramotorgirl.com. Welcome. And Jim, he's our he's our uh, calendar maker up in Canada, eh? Uh, we appreciate you, buddy. You can find him at, uh, what is it, PPG Care? Or is it Care P oh, CarePPG.com? That's it. Um, and, of course, our guest today is Judson Graham. Welcome, buddy. How you doing, bud? No, it's actually Matt Vineyard this time. <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing great. I'm driving um, down from Florida right now. Um, or no, down from, where am I? Pennsylvania to Florida. Yeah. That, that so, seems like a, a long drive. How long do we have you uh, on the show tonight? However long you want me. I have 129 miles of gasoline left in this year van. And then after that, I will have to stop. But I could live stream myself getting gas. Wow. <laughs> this is going to be a great show. So we got hours upon hours of of Judson on the show. And we definitely appreciate everyone that joined us tonight. Um, we got a lot of questions, apparently, already in the chat. Is that correct? Who, who said that? Brian? There, there are some people in the chat that have a lot of questions. I know a couple of them that told me they do. Um, I got a list. You got a list. Oh, all right. Let's let's go ahead and go. Um, uh, let's go ahead and start with our panel first. So anybody in the panel that wants to ask a question, go ahead. And if you have any questions for Judson in the chat, please go ahead and say something in the chat. This is cool. Well, why don't we start by uh, who's Judson? Yeah, let, let uh, him introduce himself. Yes, yes. Go ahead, Judson. Please introduce yourself. Okay, well, I'm a paramotor pilot, first and foremost, but my name's Justin. I'm uh, 20 years old. I grew up in New Jersey and moved to Florida to teach people how to fly paramotors um, because teaching people how to fly paramotors is awesome and flying in general is awesome. Um, I make YouTube videos weekly now and... I have a camper and I'm about to buy a van and live in it. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> now you said that you work at Aviator. How long have you been working at Aviator? So I've been at Aviator since um, June of 2020. So a year and three months as of now. And it's, um, it's pretty solid. All things considered. 
appreciate it. I really do enjoy it. Have you been a paramotor instructor for the entire time at Aviator, or did you go to school at Aviator and then transition over into being a paramotor instructor? Um, okay, so I should probably like explain how I got into paramotor before that, uh, but I didn't train at Aviator. I went down there to intern, become an instructor, and then I've pretty much been instructing and like owning that craft since I've been there. But um, you want to hear like how I got into paramotor and everything? Absolutely. Yeah. So like I said, I'm from New Jersey and I was going through YouTube and saw the McDonald's video. Uh, but unlike all of you, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my backyard. Like literally, you know, that park is two miles from my house. And so I've always been really interested in aviation, but my family, like, my dad doesn't like planes and stuff, so I never really got exposed to it. But when I saw paramotoring and like, oh, you can do this and it's accessible, I just knew I had to do it. So um, I ended up meeting up with Tucker at like a local coffee shop by accident. And I was just like, hey, man, I watched your YouTube. It was really awkward. I was like, hey, man, I watched your YouTube. And he's like, cool. And I'm like, um... Can I take pictures for you? I was going to go to college for photography. And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, here's my number. And I kind of fanboyed. Um, and then so in December of Awesome. That is really awesome. Hey, really, a, a show of hands. And if you're in the chat, what got you into flying paramotors? Is it the infamous McDonald's paramotor video from Tucker? That, my hands up. That that was me. Anybody else in the in the chat? Yeah. Anybody else in the um, panel? Yeah, hey, Sean, I'm going to be posting questions in our chat. OK, Just good. Thank yeah, you. It was a Tucker video for me, but it wasn't that one. Um, it was the Hoover Dam video was the first paramotor powered paragliding video I saw. And uh, but yeah, it, it, Tucker's was the first powered paragliding. Um, John Baptiste Chandelier is the reason I went to YouTube. It played two of his videos and then it rolled over to Tucker. I was like, oh, maybe I need a motor. So <laughs> John, John Baptiste is amazing. He's so good. Yeah. 
yeah, he, they play Next him on level like stuff court. right there. You know, and, and, uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. The, the video footage of flying every bit of it. That just I want to do that when I saw that. You know, absolutely. We got a question from Jim CR one twenty for Judson. Um, Jim said, "Well, I can barely see this. Who wants to Who wants to read that question?" I got it. Question okay. for Justin. You just had your brother flying a paramotor. How special was that for you? Is he going to continue and have you flown together? Um, yeah, he just flew. It was really special. Like, honestly, every time you solo a student, it's like a very special moment. But um, soloing my girlfriend Jillian and Peter, my brother, were like the two most special ones because like you see them fly by you and you're like oh my gosh that's like my person doing this or that's my brother doing this um so it was really special and emotional um i think a lot of people shed tears on that day um we haven't gotten to fly together yet he's only had two flights but he uh definitely wants to continue doing it um he really really enjoyed it a lot he just couldn't stop talking about it afterwards so it was really awesome. Um, Were you able to take great. him up on a tandem first? What's that? Were you able to take uh, him yeah. up on a tandem? Yeah, he's been on two tandems beforehand. Nice. Um, and the second one, I gave him the throttle and he flew the whole time. So he did really good. Yeah, I just can't imagine being exposed to it for how how as long as he has with me being my, uh, his brother. Like he's been around paramotor for four years now and never done it, and like to do it for the first time after seeing it all that time must have been incredible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Well, I found I found my um, old man uh, glasses, so I can see now. We got a um, a question from Fly Baby Fly PPG. Um, have you? Uh, do you love to fly acro? Do I want to fly acro? Do you love to fly? Why do you love to fly acro? Why do I love to fly acro? Um, I mean, it's he talking. You gotta break that up a little bit because. I've just started to work on like real acro, like helis and misty flips. Um, but like the motor acro, um, I just really love the flow of it. And um, uh, it's just fun. Pulling G's is fun. I find it like relaxing almost now. But really just like the energy management and like being able to control like all this stuff going on really fast comedy is super satisfying to me but like real acro um it's the hardest thing i've ever done in my life like it is so incredibly incredibly hard um and it's just super rewarding when stuff works like i'm just starting to get to the point where i can do helis consistently and it's just such a cool feeling when it's working but I guess a good I guess a good question is what do you consider 
acro i mean are wing overs considered acro to you or spirals or or is it the more you know the the big things like the helis and stuff like that um i consider wing overs acro for sure but like i kind of divide it into powered motor acro like barrel rolls and stuff and like sloppy wing acro which i do on my like acro wings the MLPs. um and they're two like kind of completely different disciplines. Okay. Uh, panel, any questions for Judson? Yeah, I've got a, a question, Judson. As far as acro is concerned, where did you start training acro, or how did you start that process? Um, I got a Freestyle 101. It's a program uh, done by Shane Denherter of Team uh, Fly Halo. It's like a four or five part series on all of the fundamentals of um, energy management, spiral, small wing overs, asymmetric spiral, big asymmetric spirals, and big wing overs. It's super comprehensive. And if anyone wants to like learn how to do wing overs the right way, watch those videos. That's where I started. Excellent. I want to watch those videos. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, even if you don't plan on getting into acro, like all of the concepts of energy management and stuff still apply. They're super well done. And who, who is this again? Uh, this is Team Fly Halo. It's called Freestyle 101. Uh, it's done by Shane Denherter. Awesome. It'll get some more views now, hopefully. I know yeah, I'll, that, I'll be one of them. That was awesome. And then, I mean, you just want to work into it, like, really slowly. Don't let anything get too big too fast. Like, just don't rush anything. You know? And you'll notice that, like, as you practice stuff, things just start getting ever so slightly bigger by accident, like, over time. You know? Absolutely. Um, panel, any other questions? Yeah, I got one. It's on a, a little different note. When you're thermaling, oh, by the way, I loved your videos on thermaling. I'm really enjoying those because I really want to do that. But I'm really concerned about losing prime. I go up and it seems my motor loses prime within about five or 10 minutes. And I want to be able to start my engine. So I'm wondering what you do to prevent it from losing prime. Um, I mean, I don't really have that problem on my Moster, but I can reach the primer bolt behind me. And even if you don't push the button, you can get a little teeny bit of fuel in and it helps. Um, so I don't know. I haven't really had that issue too much. No, I don't have a problem, so I'll have to put that on. I think a you little know, trick. Just... Go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say a little trick, no. I think, is uh, pull your throttle to, to full stick and uh, pull the, the cord a couple times, and that'll, you know, uh, dump some fuel into the carb and at least, you know, help you get some more fuel into the system. Yeah, real shit. Um, that, that works. So or, then I got or, another question. Or you remount the uh, primer bulb to someplace you can reach it if you have that yeah, option. If you can reach it, it works good. Um, 
idling until you like get confidently in the thermal. That's usually what I do. Until I'm like going up a hundred percent and have like a solid thermal, I don't shut it off. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Also, Jim, on that, um, you may want to look to make sure that you are not losing. Uh, you don't have a leak between your bulb and your silicone line because somewhere you should not be losing prime. And yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't. That's, that's really fast. Um, okay. I can go out like uh, an hour later and pull it on the first uh, pop yeah. and it'll, it'll fire right up. So you may have something else there. What, what engine are you on, Jim? Monster 185. So there's a, an internal, like a one-way valve on that priming bulb that comes with it that degrades over time. You might want to look into replacing your primer bulb. I actually don't even have a primer bulb. I have to blow. Oh, well, get a primer bulb, mount it right behind your kidney, course, and problem solved. Um, that's so traditional, blowing your motor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I put a primer bulb on it, dude. They're super cheap, and if you can reach it, you, you'll be able to get fuel. Sounds good. I'll do that tomorrow. Awesome. You have any more questions? Yeah. What do you do? Let's say you lose prime. You got to land. You don't know the area. What do you do to determine a wind direction? Um, well, I, I just look for sky high I just, indication. I just look for wind indicators. Um, you know, sometimes you got to accept a downwind landing. Uh, if I'm thermaling, you know, you're going out in conditions where the winds are switching and you're going to have to deal with it. But um, if you see like a pond or something or like some smoke, that's always good. Flag. I always keep an eye out, but sometimes you just never know. Yeah, there are a couple apps out there that you can use, uh, Skyfly High and PPGPS. Uh, those are really good. Uh, they keep track of uh, the wind direction and how strong it is too. So if you yeah, have a if you have a chest idea. mount, so if you have a chest mount, you know, and you have your phone there with your GPS or your PPGPS or your uh, Skyfly High um, or Fly Sky High, whatever it is, uh, you can always tell which way the wind's going um, if, if you have a motor out. Um, yeah. The other thing is the more difficult it is to tell which way the, the wind's growing, going, uh, the less it kind of matters, you know, the lighter yeah. the wind is, the more, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're a little bit downwind. So yeah, you know, if you can't, yeah, if you can't read it from the trees or whatever, um, Sh Shane, just, you're trying to jump in and say something, were you? What's that? What's that? I thought Shane was trying to jump in and say something. I was going to give you a second. Oh, I was like six times, but I gave up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Something yeah, good. somebody in the chat yeah. mentioned flying a circle, and I was just thinking, yeah, find a circle, check your app. All that sounds good, but the question was is if you can't crank your engine and you have to make that emergency landing, I don't think you have time to do all that. I mean, if you can look down, see smoke, see which way it's going, maybe. Well, but, depends uh, how high you are. You know, you yeah. can see a lot of stuff from a 1,000 feet. I'd, I'd always prioritize the landing field and safety. Like, I'd rather land in a really nice craft field ever so slightly downwind than, like, trying to squeak it into some super nasty little 
thing, you know, into the wind. So that's a good yeah, point. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of um, landing, um, you know, uh, I was wondering how many times did you have to land out yourself? I mean, uh, you had a couple of motor outs, right, where you had to land or, or gas outs? Yeah. Um, I had on my third and fourth flight, uh, gas-related incidents uh, where my engine ran out of gas and I landed in a field. As, of course, is tradition on your, your second and third flight or whatever. Um, but then I had my uh, base start on one time and it killed my engine and I had to land out, turn it off, and then take back off. And then rather recently, I had uh, a coil go bad and it it shut my engine down, so I had to land out for that and get picked up. But one, two, three, four times, I think I've had like a catastrophic engine out now. So, not that many. And when you do have those uh, engine outs, you have no problem landing and uh, you never got like in a, in a tree or anything, right? smallest field I've ever landed in uh, and it was like kind of scary but I pulled it off but no I, I haven't landed in a tree just yet yes let's, let's hope never man yeah let's well, hope never where's, where's the sketchiest place you have had to land I hope if I do it it's paragliding and it's just kind of funny yeah yeah well, when I flew with you at Jersey Shore a couple weeks ago, somebody landed at the corn. That's the first corn landing I saw. Oh, yeah. They were having some serious fear of the colonel that day. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I guess they went out and picked them up. I, I just flew by on a tandem and then never really heard anything about it. But I guess the guy landed in the corn, got his gear out, and uh, they got him picked up on the side-by-side. -side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I flew over the same spot like uh, five days later when I came back. And most of that corn was standing up where he landed. So uh, did hardly any damage to the crop at all. But no damage to the equipment at all. Not, not, not any damage to him or the equipment. He, wow, he flew. How, re how resilient. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was flying around. I just looked down. Hey, there's a there's a wing across the top of that corn. How about that? Got a little video. <laughs> That's fine. All right, Judson, a quick question. You, you did the uh, video with Tucker going to uh, McDonald's, didn't you? Just uh, yeah, I have yeah. Uh, I have it edited and done, and next Monday that'll probably come out. Yeah, I saw I saw uh, Tucker's. Now I was just going to ask you: Did you end up with uh, sauce over you in flight? <laughs> uh, no, I actually went for the crispy chicken sandwich, which did not require sauce. Uh, okay. It was, it was an excellent uh, experience. I know someone else got the nuggets with sauce, so I was just wondering whether you you were the one to wear the sauce as well as Tucker. Uh, that was my buddy Joshua from uh, New Jersey. Yep. Yeah, he, uh, he got the sauce. He thought it was pretty funny. 
Yeah, it was a good uh, uh, good vlog with uh, people uh, in the shop and the the uh, yeah, they all come out and watched you and so on, and people come to the field to see you take off. So that was good, I thought. Yeah, it was a really fun flight. I just, you know, especially when you do it with friends, it like adds this whole element of like there's other people involved. Yeah, yeah. Nah, good on you, I'm mate. Thank you. I'm loving all these questions. Who else have we got? We love you, Judson. I got one for you. Let's see. I love you too. Let me let me see. This is the uh, number eight on my list. Who's your favorite YouTube personality? <laughs> Who's my favorite YouTube personality? Paramotor related. Oh, paramotor related. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to offend anyone, but I got to give it to Tucker because he's my boy. Oh, yeah. Than anyone. I figured out the answer, hands down. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You, he got you into the sport. I mean, he's one of the biggest YouTube personalities that we know. So, yeah. in, in the um, sport. I honestly, Ryan Southwell makes the best paramotor videos, though. Like, in terms of storytelling and filmmaking, like, that dude's got it so dialed. He's so, like, he is incomprehensibly talented to me. Judson, what uh, about that uh, Sean Simons blade? Where do you rate him? Who? Uh, I think his name's Sean, Sean Simons. I think he runs that Clear Prop TV. I didn't know he made videos. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear you the first time. I mean, he's on the list for sure. <laughs> Somewhere on the list, Sean. <laughs> hey, so, so, Justin, you started out probably, what was your first swing? That you first flew? Uh, I soloed on a Mojo Power 22 meter, so the extra small. Which is, yeah, like a solid beginner wing, a great wing. How oh, do yeah. you know? I, you know, you've obviously progressed to, you know, some pretty aggressive uh, gliders. How do you know when it's time to move on to the next step? Um, yeah, that's a tricky question because. You can fly fly your mojo for your whole career, but I would say as you progress, um, you probably don't want want an A-wing forever because you want to be able to go faster and, like, keep up with people. But I would recommend, like, most people stay on a B-rated glider, um, you know, until they get to that point where they feel like they're maxing out the potential of the glider. Um, and they are, you know, they're feeling the limits of what it's capable of and are looking for more. Um, and, and you'll know when you're there for sure. You'll be like, I'd like to do this, but this wing does not allow it. Um, but, you know, the real thing I want people to take away from it is you can barrel roll a mojo. Uh, you can do anything you can do on these little spicy attack napkins that you can do, uh, you know, on a spider or something like that. So it's really all about like learning proper technique and energy management uh, first and foremost before you start looking at hotter blockers. Um, but I just say, yeah, when you kind of like max out the potential of the glider and feel like you want more, then it's, uh, 
Absolutely. Did that make sense? Did that oh, yeah. Make sense? Absolutely, okay. yeah. I feel like... Your, for a... uh, sorry, uh, JP. What would be your uh, top two B-gliders? B-gliders? Uh, you know, there's so many good ones, honestly, right now. Uh, if you're looking at non-reflex stuff, um, the Gin Vantage is super awesome. The Ozone Kona 2 is super awesome. And then if you want to look into reflex gliders, um, the Spider is obviously a great choice. Um, and the Roaster is the same as the Spider. It's just heavier fabric. Uh, I liked the Luna 2 when I flew it. It was um, It's an interesting glider because the lines are a little bit longer. Um, but it's not as efficient as the Spider. I haven't flown the Charger 2 yet. I'd like to give that a uh, whirl. But, uh, uh, oh, and the Nivea Link, I flew that, or the Link 2. Um, that's a pretty solid one as well. Those would be my recommendations. Yeah. What's your, you. what's your uh, go-to wing? If, if you had any wing available to you at any time in any size, what's the Swiss Army wing? That does it all for you. Like if I could only have one, uh, I would probably regret this sometimes, but not most of the time. And I'm going to give that to the Viper 5 16 meter. Um, that we just got it, and it's unreal. Uh, it's so efficient. Um, I don't know. It's 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 just so efficient. It's very fast. It can be very slow. Um, and it just does everything really, really well. Uh, you know, they've made some massive improvements um, to the way it handles turbulence. Um, it's, you know, it's ever so slightly more responsive than the four, but really where it becomes uh, incredibly more impressive is just how much bang lift they squeaked out of it. it it's unreal. Um, like when you trim it in all the way, it feels like a, a paragliding wing. You just don't come out of the sky. Judson, hmm. do you look at uh, do you look at the conditions? Like let's say if you're at sea level or you're at five thousand feet. Does that determine your wing that you'll take out? Um, not necessarily. I haven't really done any high altitude flying, but I will check the density altitude uh, yeah. occasionally. Uh, but I think just at my weight, it doesn't matter too much. I don't want to yeah. be like that, but it's like my motor makes as much thrust as me and the motorway basically so uh, like, I was climbing on the Viper at 1,005 feet per minute at a 2,900 foot density altitude the other day so wow wow that's that's brilliant thousand feet per, people per minute there that don't know is, oh, is that a break um it's pretty high it's like better than most small airplanes yeah, almost like a rocket ship. Yeah. 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 
Jim. What's that? Uh, sorry, I didn't want to change topics. If you want to touch on that one a little bit more, but Jim has some questions about uh, you and Paradigm. If we yeah. want to move on. Yeah, we're moving right along to Paradigm. Uh, ask me Paradigm questions. All right, so Jim's question is, what's it like being part of the Paradigm team? What was it like learning the maneuvers and doing the practice, seeing the crowd's response, and what was it like flying at night? Um, well, joining the team was really special for me because uh, one of the earlier paramotor videos I watched was like the feature-length documentary about the team going to Oshkosh. Um, so I always wanted to be on the team and it was really, really special when they accepted me to it. Um, but realistically the flying is more about timing, like the maneuvers and the formation stuff isn't that hard. It's more of like a timing and speed matching thing. Um, but flying at night is, uh, is pretty weird. You don't have a horizon, so maneuvers kind of feel like you're doing them in a void. Uh, and you need somebody to call your exit. Like, when you're doing a stat, you have no idea where the ground is. It's just all black. So we have somebody on the radio telling us when to exit. Uh, and then landing is kind of weird because you can't see the ground until you're about eight feet from it because those lights start to light it up. But you're kind of just, like, going into this void. And then I, I think the best part of Paradigm is like getting people genuinely excited about paramotors. Like Sun and Fun was the biggest show I've flown. And like everyone turned their phone flashlights on when we did our stack pass and it was just incredible. Um, and then we got to walk up and down the flight line with our paramotors on and like say hi to people and high five them. And, you know, I just like that interactive part of it where people get to go to, up to the pilot and say hi right after they land. But it's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. I just wish we had a sponsor and more shows. So do you need a, F a waiver from the FAA to fly at night? Uh, yeah, so pretty much any air show you do is under a TFR for the air show. So pretty much no rules apply. Um, I mean, there's rules that apply, obviously, for the air show, but, like, we can fly our paramotors after sunset. It's fine. Um, you are in wavered airspace. Interesting. So, I can I say I question. flew into CFR. Yeah, what's your question? Hi, Judson. This is Jade from Wisconsin. Um, what kind of lights do they use on the, the hoops with the Paradigm team? Some type um, of LED? That's a Ross question. I mean, it's like a 4S LiPo and the brightest hoop lights you can get or the brightest like strip lights you can get, um, daylight balance. And I mean, they're amazing. You feel so special when you fly with them because you're glowing. Uh, I don't know the, the specifics. You, you have to reach out to Ross on that one. But okay. they're freaking bright. They're freaking bright is all I can tell you. Yeah, yeah, we can tell that definitely. Thank you. Yeah. What else we got? 
Does that ever give you any issues, having such a bright light in your peripheral and then messing up your depth perception? Reese's big adventure in the chat <clears throat> wants to know, wants Justin to talk about the chance to speak with kids during the paradigm show this past weekend. He's, he's asked about that a couple times. So uh, sounds like he had a pretty cool experience there. Oh my gosh. Is that uh, Reese the Quinn? <laughs> um, yeah. So we had the opportunity in Pennsylvania to go speak to like kind of do an assembly for, uh, some elementary schools and do a small paramotor demo and it was really rewarding like um i don't i was kind of weird like when i wanted when i was in school i wanted to be up in front of people and like be able to teach stuff so it was really cool to be able to give back to people and get kids excited about flying so um you know, AJ did some flying at each one of the schools. The, the last one we actually flew in to, and that was really cool. But um, to see kids at such a young age, like, so genuinely excited about aviation, like, really made me happy. So I think it was mission accomplished. It was super cool. Yeah. I think that's a good idea, Judson, is uh, – uh, you know, people like uh, um, Aviator and, and that, you know, good good training schools to approach kids at a young age and and bed into them that, you know, get proper training. I think that's yeah, most of important. The other thing, so from my perspective, when I was younger, I did view aviation as something attainable and, like, beyond the scope of paramotor, the country and the world as a whole needs pilots. And I want to encourage people and allow people to be aware that like aviation is something that is accessible to everyone. It's not just reserved for like the rich and famous. You can go out and do it. Um, so that's something I do want to promote. I agree with you. It's definitely attainable for pretty much anybody that wants to fly. Um, yeah, any, if you want to fly, you'll make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Panel, any other questions, or are there any other questions in the chat? Any other questions? <clears throat> Let's see. So, <laughs> your, your, your girlfriend, can I talk about her? Yeah, she's probably watching. Jill, <laughs> if you're down there, comment. All uh, right. So, was she into paramotors before y'all met or did obviously no. you were you were into them and, and she got into it because of you or she you know how'd, how'd that go um so yeah she didn't really know what a paramotor was before i was dating her um we've been together for like two and a half years now so it's 
get that out of the way. But basically, from my perspective, I never want to see somebody push their significant other into the sport. I believe that if they want to do it, they can do it on their own. Um, and you can be there to guide them in the right direction and support them. But I never want to, like, force somebody to do it. Um, but, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, she saw Ryan Southwell's video from Flying in Iceland. And it really just kind of struck a chord in her. And she was like, yeah, I want to do this now. So, um, you know, we talked about it more at length. And she was, like, trying to figure out how to afford training and stuff. And so in um, January of 2021, we uh, gifted her uh, training in Denellen. So I got to train her to fly with Micah Stevens uh, up in Denellen, and it was really cool. That's awesome. And yeah, it's, she's definitely um, taken to the sport. Um, she has a natural aptitude for it, and you know, she's genuinely passionate about it, which is what I was hoping for. And what's really, like, special to me beyond her flying is she will go fly without me um, and is, you know, completely self-supporting and can do it on her own and, you know, thinks about everything very methodically. But it's just really cool to, like, you know, leave home, go to work while she's still sleeping and then an hour later see her blast off across the field like on her own like that's super cool because that means to me that like she wants to do this for herself and not just because of me like that's what it's about for me yeah we were flying around at jersey shore i mean she was following around everywhere now she wasn't doing big massive wing overs and stuff like you were but uh she you know she looked like she'd been flying for a while she was flying low around the corn and stuff and uh, looked like she had quite a bit of experience. So yeah. she's getting up there. Uh, I know she has a, uh, a spider on order, um, but she's just been um, progressing, trying to get more hours, and then just slowly working into the more advanced stuff. Like one day I was just looking down the runway, and there goes Jill doing a foot drag. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> do those now. That's pretty cool. Sweet. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, she's awesome. She just got a haircut. Yes. Did you go to uh, Iceland with Tucker? Have you been to Iceland? No, it's it's on the list of things I really, really want to do, but I haven't been yet. Yeah, I I think um, uh, those videos Tucker done and Scout Paramotor of Iceland, it's it's fascinating territory and almost like a moonscape, you know, uh, apart yeah, from... Yeah, uh, I really can't wait to... What's apart that? from the the, uh, the glaciers and flying through the uh, canyons, you know, but the, 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 the moonscape-type ground and stuff, uh, yeah, looks fascinating. And, and, of course, apart from a paramotor, I don't think anyone's been up there. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, um, you know, it's sky is untouched. Like, no one's been here. Um, I'm really yeah. excited to see what Ryan does. I know he just came back and he has a ton of footage shot in 6K. 
Well, it looks like we got a question in the chat from Jim CR120. Says, are there any, <laughs> are there any particular improvements you'd like to see out of the new interns? <laughs> any particular improvement? Um, any particular intern? <laughs> I would. Okay. If you want to be like a superstar, get Audible and listen to Extreme Ownership. It's by Jocko Willink um, because it's all about team building and um, how to work as a team and be an effective leader uh, for a team. And all we do at Aviator is work uh, in it's teamwork and it's teams of teams. Uh, working together towards one common goal. So um, read that book. Otherwise, just show up on time. Uh, don't interject during lectures like a ton. Uh, unless it's like a super good point, then by all means, bring it up. Uh, other than that, you know, just show up on time and be helpful. That's it. And what was the book called again? Uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Um, it's really cool. It, it tells stories about uh, the Navy SEALs um, in Iraq and how they work together with other units and other branches of the military and other militaries entirely, and then applies those concepts to a business setting and a leadership in business uh, environment. And it's, uh, really changed my perspective on how to work as a team and how to be an effective leader um, amongst people. It's really good. Interesting. Um, looks like Bill H. also has a question for you. Has the team ever thought about showing up at small fly-ins? Has what? Has the uh, team ever thought about showing up at small fly-ins? The aviator team? Um, yeah, it's just really hard to get everyone together at the same time. Um, so we could for sure send like three or four people out in the van or whatever, but it's like we do rolling classes. So there's always, there's always people working. So you basically can't get everyone together in one spot. But yeah, I'd like to go to a lot more small clients. Um, you know, if they're willing to support it, I'll do a lot more travel for them as well. And just, you know, go out and bring equipment and, you know, spread the love. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell anything, but if people, you know, I'll, I'll load a van full of friggin' wings and if people want to fly them, they can have at it. Heck yeah. Uh, I just love the community. I love the community and want to get out there and like interact with people. It's awesome. Yeah. What else you got? I'm really liking the questions, but if you want me to talk more at least about anything in particular, like I'll, I'll do that too. Well, I, I got, I got, I got, I got not a question. I got a statement. There's some girl in here named Jillian. Don't know who this is. Says it was absolute luck that Judson came into my life and introduced me to paramotors. I'm in love with it, and it has changed my life. Getting to do the do it with Justin is added bonus. And he is the best. So do you know this girl? No. <laughs> <laughs> he won my number. 
gonna that's... I'm gonna slow roll that. I'll just like if she wants to give me your number, we'll text, we'll send some memes, maybe comment on the Instagram, just kind of get the ball rolling nice and slow, and then um, we'll go on from there. But you know. Oh shit! Uh, hang on. I hang guess on. I have a secret admirer. So we got uh, someone in the chat wants to know how does Judson do barrel rolls so slow? Tucker got needs. <laughs> Tucker Gott needs to know how to do a slow roll. How to do a slow roll? Yeah. Uh, well, number one, if you're trying to do a slow roll, I'd get in touch with Chris Byler because he's the king of the slow roll. Um, but in terms of paramotor slow roll, um, Chris is a pro with the women, not um, with the paramotor slow rolls just yet. But uh, <clears throat> Viper 5, 125 pounds. Or, or just 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 complete it and have like a goater or something. <laughs> hi, Tucker. Awesome. What's up, Tucker? Hi, tell kitten hi, and then she hates me. Tucker's cat hates me. I get attacked every who, time. Who had the mo first, you or Tucker? Who had what? Who had the mo, you or Tucker first? Oh, I did it a year ago. I, I was first to this party and then got rid of it, and then he did it, but he did it better. I don't know. He looks like he's in the Navy now. He looks like a Navy pilot. He should be a Blue Angel. <laughs> uh, I was alive in the 80s, and he would definitely blend in in the 80s, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, any uh, other questions in the uh, panel? I, I got one more. Oh. You know, I've kind of watched your progression in the sport. I've been uh, – it's been incredible to see what you've done in a short period of time. And, you know, you're only 20 years old and you're on the Paradigm team. You know, you've got this incredible list of achievements under your belt at this point. Uh, where do you see yourself in, in 10 years, man? I mean, where, where would you like to be? Where, where would you like to see the sport? Well, right now I'm pretty satisfied with, like, how far I've come, it, it's like incredible, but um, 10 years from now, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm getting the van. I'd really like to see the YouTube pickup. Um, if I could do that full time and be self-supporting through my lifestyle, uh, that would be the ultimate goal. But I would like to have a house on an airport and get my private pilot's license and also do plane stuff. Um, that would be kind of the long-term goal. Get more into general aviation. Um, and still do a lot of travel, but also have like a home base on an airport. So that's where I think it's going. There seems to be a lot of houses that have the grass strip uh, right down the middle, there's a lot of neighborhoods that actually have uh, something like that. Not actually like a an actual paved runway, but just grass strips that people can use. Is that something that you're thinking about or something that actually has like an actual runway? Oh, I mean, grass strips are fine. 
Um, you can land most planes on them. Um, and I'd probably want to get into the bush flying more. So it'd be fun. Um, but one of those like real small little, you know, absolutely vacant airports um, would be ideal. And then I know I want one of them bat wing mowers. Those look so fun. Uh, and I want to like go up and down the runway every week and get it like the golf course so I can do six foot drag and like take off a plane. So you, so you want to own a Hodges Field, Bad Apples? Uh, that's a little too much, but Hodges <laughs> Field is amazing. Uh, I, I just, I'm just really in it for like the lawnmower thing, which those things seem awesome. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, real quick, can we get a group shot for the thumbnail? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, ready? One, two, three, cheese. Perfect. Put my foot in it. Thank you guys. <laughs> you're welcome. Good deal. Yeah. Judson, you're getting a new van, right? New to me. Yeah. New, new van. You got and what what are you selling? You selling your old camper or Y'all, if you're interested in a camper, I'm your guy. I got a 22-foot StarCraft for sale, 8500 bucks, first come, first serve. Um, but, yeah, uh, if anyone knows of Ross on the go, Ross Castaway, a.k.a. Sparky, a.k.a. Creepy Uncle Ross, a.k.a. Roscoe, um, he's on his second camper van. It's like the ultimate camper van build, but... Um, he has his first one for sale, and I'm buying it from him uh, as of today, apparently. So oh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm really genuinely excited about that because I got a camper with the expectation of taking it like all over the place, but anyone who's traveled with a camper knows it's like a huge pain, and so like just to do it for a week. So having the van is just going to allow me so much more freedom and flexibility to um, get out and see more things, see more people, and make more content about flying, like, in other spots. So um, I'm just excited for the freedom. Right on. And then, uh, spoiler alert, we're going out west this October. Uh, so get ready for that. Awesome. Nice. So I've never is, this, been. is it is this van? Is this one of these infamous uh, Roadmaster vans that people keep talking about down at Aviator? Uh, the Home Master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to yeah. be single, have a Roadmaster, have an Apple, and live in a van down by the river to work there, right? Uh, yeah, that is that is how it be. Um, apparently, I've just kind of fallen into that trap but uh you know it's a good thing apple takes great photos in the air um the pro master is the um preferred uh van for van lifing as you can sleep horizontal um and you blend right in in a pair of butterflies yeah. i'm 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 so excited about it. Like more than any other camper. I'm, Whoa, I just did a huge bump. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, it's the same yeah. one that uh, same one it's the same one that Ross had at the uh, Bad Apples flying, right? 
Uh, this year? Yeah. No, that is the Bromaster 2.0. I'm getting 1.0. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that was his brand new van. Yeah, okay. he had a bad apples. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this one's a little bit smaller, um, but it's, you know, it's raw build quality. I was thinking about buying uh, an empty van and doing the build out, but I mean, that dude's got the, the craftsmanship on lock. Uh, it's, it's nothing I could ever compete with. Like him and AJ are like incredibly skilled craftsmen. So I, I just left it in. It did a great job. So. Yeah, you'll be seeing a lot of that. I got the um, the chicken camera. Do you know why it's called a chicken camera? Mm-mm. Well, have you ever seen a chicken's head? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the gimbal. Yeah, the gimbal's like where it. it's at, dude. The DJI wrote it. Uh, I've been documenting that. I had to be, you know, it was a really fun experience going to a dealership. Um, it being, they were trying to van and they didn't know that I knew Ross. And he was telling me all about Ross. And I'm like, yeah, I've actually been with him for the past seven weeks. So <laughs> I, I got this understood. That's uh, funny. Fun, Speaking of your speaking of your your camera, dude. Speaking of your camera, um, I've been you know following your channel for a little while, and it seems like the last couple weeks, couple months, the the quality of the video, the quality audio, the the uh, editing, everything has just gone way way up, and I want to give you props for that. It looks real good. I'm just, um, I've just tried to like go for a more watchable approach, but I think the biggest jump in quality was going to the Fujifilm X-T3 for the main video camera. Um, It's just super, super good uh, at being a camera, and I really, really like Fujifilm's color science. It just looks so good. Um, it's, It's what Trent Palmer shoots on, so that's how you get those colors. What's the battery like? What's the battery time on? What's the battery time on that, Judson? The XT3. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty poor. It's probably like an hour. Um, but you can recharge it by USB C. So I just plug it in at night. Don't even have to take it out. Yeah. That's that's not a camera you're flying with, right? You use that for. Um, I would like to fly with it at some point, but no, I'm flying with a, a DJI Osmo action right now. It's like a GoPro. How, how do you find the uh, action? But yeah, I'm, how do you find that uh, DJI action, uh, Judson, compared um, to uh, the GoPro, GoPro? It's okay. The, it, the video looks good from it, but my biggest complaint is the camera's not wide enough. Uh, it's a little bit more narrow than the GoPro, but the stabilization's really good. The yeah. colors are decent. It hasn't crashed on me yet. I've had GoPros crash on me a bunch, so it's been really solid. It's, it's a good choice. 
What other DJI uh, cameras do you use? Uh, do you use the Pocket or anything like that? Uh, no, oh. my gimbal. My gimbal is a DJI Ronin. Oh, sorry, Google's giving me directions. It's telling me to stay on the highway. I know. Um, the gimbal I shoot with is a. The gimbal I shoot with is a DJI Ronin SB. But I don't have any other Fujifilm cameras right now. I want to get a drone at some point, so I'll probably get a Mavic. Uh, but I'm thinking of just getting a couple more uh, GoPros for additional angles. I don't know. They're all just tools. I like Fujifilm. That's my brand. And what do you use to edit all your videos, since we're talking about uh, videos and stuff like that? Yeah, so I use DaVinci Resolve. Um, it's a free program, and it's just as capable as any of the other ones. And it, in fact, has a better color grading suite than most uh, editing software. So um, DaVinci Resolve, I have yet to run into something on the free version that I can't do. So I'd recommend that. And what was the name of that again? I couldn't quite hear it. Uh, da Vinci Resolve 17. It's free. And that's a da Vinci, and that's on a uh, Windows or Mac? Both. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a fully featured editing program. There is no fluff. It is uh, it's hardcore, but it works. And there's, there's a lot of YouTube support for it. There's a, like a bunch of dedicated channels that explain how to do stuff. So I've just learned it by YouTube. Might have to take a look at that. Looks like Stephen Goodpaster in the chat said, is your unit or the Paradigm team using Aviator's EFI or is everyone back to stock carbs? Uh, yeah, nobody's running the EFI. I've only seen one EFI system in the wild. And Have you, ever, have you ever flown with one? No, I haven't. I hear it's really good, though. Uh, but, yeah, no, we're all just running the stock carburetor. Okay. Any other questions? Any other questions out there, panel? That's, That's the last one I saw in the chat recently. Awesome. Um, David, uh, what do you want to talk about? David Taylor says, does Judson have a fear of the colonel? Yeah. Uh, well, as you know, traditionally, they are the most frustrating way to land a powered paraglider. Uh, but I do believe that Dave Taylor has some uh, fear of the colonel more so than I, uh, but that is some serious business that needs to be covered more in depth. Moving right along here. What, what's the kernel, guys? Um, that's over my head. What, what is it? Uh, we, we made a joke video about landing in, in corn. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, 
I think we're losing you a little bit, Judson. I I don't think we heard that last part. What was it? Uh, hold on. Give me just a second. I'm going to uh, turn Google off so it stops telling me where to go. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. Can you, can you hear me again? I can hear you fine. Yeah, I can hear okay. you. Are you in Florida yet? Uh, no, I'm in Georgia. Um, <laughs> No, I was saying we did a spoof video about uh, landing in corn, uh, and it was based off of the Team Fly Halo Project water landing video, uh, the trailer. But it was really just kind of a joke, and it was funny to me. But yeah, I'd, say it could be a, I'd say it would be a little bit painful. Yeah, it's... From everything I've heard, it's really not that bad. It's just really irritating to get the wing out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ear. Irritating. Love it. Yeah, it's really irritating. <laughs> that was good. So, I think in the background, JP's going to start showing some of your social media stuff here in a second. Um, but was there anything else that you wanted to touch on tonight as far as uh, paramotoring or what, what would you tell somebody that was young and interested in getting into the sport? Well, um, so first and foremost, obviously get proper training, but I just want people to know that it is attainable um, easily if you save up and uh, that they should seek uh, quality training and fly quality gear. Uh, I don't care what you fly. I just care that it's not a piece of garbage from the early 2000s. I would also say that, um, you know, Tire Motor and FAR Part 103 as a whole is self-regulating by nature. Um, you know, it's like, uh, what is it? Self-supporting through its own contributions or whatever. And, um, all pilots are responsible for the future of paramotor and our freedom in the U.S. A lot of other countries have a lot more strict laws. Uh, yeah. So it's up to every single one of you guys to, you know, not be a dick and be like a responsible paramotor pilot. Um, just take the extra minute to explain your paramotor for the thousandth time to the dude at the gas station. Oh, y'all want to watch Pump It Up? Let's get that on the screen. This was the last night of, uh, of a balloon fest. That's, uh, that's our lead instructor, AJ, right there, pumping it up, pumping the jam. Is that a video you can play, JP? Okay. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, here we go. One wheel chairs. Can you hear the music? It only makes sense to music. Yeah. I, I recognize. All right. So we got. Dave Taylor dancing Dave. on a one wheel. Yep, we got Dave, we got Jill. I think I saw uh, Josh riding the chair. Josh <laughs> always brings the party. <laughs> yeah, so there's this song it's called Pump Up the Jam, and it goes a little bit like Pump Up the Jam, Pump It Up. And, um, you know, oh, yeah, it started we know with me, yeah, it started with me holding some, like, some jam in my hand and, like, pumping it up like a jack. And then it escalated throughout the night until we were riding with 16 one wheels down.
So was there any races, official one-wheel chair races at Bloomfest this year? No, but um, I want to see a uh, Brian Waller versus Josh McGee one-wheel race because Josh is um, hard to keep up with on the chair. I've, I've already had Derek Trout outrun me a couple times, so I'm not that fast. Hey, how uh, did the one wheels go real quick for for reference? What's that? What's the fastest speed on those one wheels? It depends uh, on how like, big your balls are. <laughs> realistically, safely is 16 miles an hour. Yeah. 16? I mean, past that, and you're pushing it. Yeah, there's people that have clocked like 22, 23 miles an hour on these things trying to get to top wow. speed. No, if you well, fall at that speed, though, like, it hurts. Oh, yeah. It hurts. Johnson's got some bigger batteries than his, and they go up to, like, 20 miles an hour. That's um, a pretty sick video, man. This is one of my favorites right here. Oh, well, you yeah. just look at that. Oh, I love that. Oh, this was another question I have. Have you ever flown a paramotor while riding a one-wheel? I know the answer because you did it on mine. But have you ever done a forward or a reverse launch from a stop on a one wheel? Yeah. Quickly? yeah the, other on day, the other day, I literally put the paramotor on, got on the one wheel, went out to the field, laid out the wing, started the motor all on the one wheel, and then took off in a reverse launch from the one wheel without getting off of it. Reverse. Okay. I can, I can see I a reverse. A, I don't think a forward would work. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but I mean, what you don't see behind that is like dozens of hours of me looking like an idiot, one wheel kiting <laughs> across the field. Um, I trained for that. Oh, the other thing I want to talk about is like, hey, um, you want to get good paramotor, you have to put the hours in. There's no shortcut. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Shout out to Mark George in the chat. He, he dropped 10 bucks in the chat. Thank you, Mark. Oh, thank you, Mark. Appreciate you, buddy. Awesome. Hey, for the people that are listening to the podcast on PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast on iTunes and other platforms, what are we watching real quick, JP? Uh, we are on uh, Judson's Instagram channel uh, at Judson, J-U-D-S-O-N-B-A-E-R-N-T. Uh, it'll say Judson Graham. So, hey Judson, how much time do you put in a day flying? It depends on the day. I put zero hours in today. Okay, um, so how about like a weekly average? Uh, I would say an aviator, like three or four hours, maybe. I'd have to do the math. Um, it's so hard to keep track of my flights as an instructor because they're all short. Like, it's super rare for me to go out on, like, an hour-long flight now. Um, but, I don't know, maybe three or four hours a week. A fair bit. Cool. Thanks. I just got the, I just got the new scout harness, which doesn't hurt my back, so I'm going to do some more cross-country. Uh, but the other one, I couldn't really sit in comfortably for more than, like, 45 minutes. Judson, uh, have you worked out, I saw on the last video, have you worked out how to uh, 
carry a one wheel with you on your um, on your flights? Um, oh. No, I certainly could put one in the front seat of a trike, but yeah. no, I have not. Could you, re you reckon you could strap one underneath, like underneath your seat? Uh, unlikely, because you couldn't get the seat to fold down. But perhaps. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where you'd put it, really. I think you'd have to do it on a trike. Yeah. Hey, Ken Stamey in the chat asked, uh, does Jensen have his wing inspected more frequently than normal with all the acro? That's a good question. I'd like to know that that answer too. How often do you get your uh, wings inspected? Honestly, I've never had a wing inspected. Um, well, how long do you normally keep a wing then? Uh, I haven't really kept one until it was completely worn out, but my last free ride this team got like really hard to launch. So I started flying a different one, but I would say like, I don't know. A wing should last me the same amount of time as they, they lasted Tucker. So like, if you look at the timeline line of his red, white, and blue wing, you know, that's like an average life expectancy. That wing is still being flown by my buddy, Dan, um, and it's still in pretty good shape, but they just get a little bit kind of ragged and harder to launch after a while. I don't know, like three years. Well, after 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 a year, um, I put on about three hundred um, on the uh, Roadster, and uh, when I sent it in, they uh, failed it. Uh, I mean, I was still flying it, but they failed it because they said the lines were stretched with all the different um, acro I was doing and the couple of uh, SIV courses I went to. So interesting. Yeah. So you so yours lasted for three years, never got inspected, and you just decided to get a new wing when you couldn't launch it. No, I, I only had that one for about a year, but it got um, it just got really hard to launch. I put a new line set on it, and that fixed everything. Um, but I don't know. I haven't really had a wing for over a year yet, so I can't really tell you. I think it's probably important to note that Judson's probably a little bit lighter than the average pilot, too. That is true. I'm a little bit heavier than him. Plus, I, I fly the Angel, which is a lot heavier than what he flies. Yeah. Uh, so, Eswani, um, I might have released a balloon or two, and some paramotor pilots swooped in there to get them. I believe Judson might have been one of them. So I've, I've seen you do a few things, and I was just wonder what's the, what's the coolest thing you've ever caught in your paramotor that somebody threw to you? Oh, well, 100% hands down. Um, Dan caught a Mylar balloon one day, and we were, like, throwing it between each other and catching it for a solid 10, 15 minutes one day. Oh, that's cool. What? Yeah, so like somebody would throw it and then somebody would swoop behind and grab it and then they'd jump behind them and they'd toss it out and then grab it. I mean, we must have done it 10 times and then it went through Tucker's prop and exploded. <laughs> it was really 
That's awesome. I found yeah. one go through my prop and they make a nice, <laughs> it's a big boom. At least it was for me. We're going to have to definitely do that next, I think. So, why, why does it take Tucker to wreck everything? I know, right? <laughs> hey, David Nickerson also said is uh, in the chat said, Justin's the only person I know who has replaced every line on his glider. So um, replacing lines, uh, would you recommend that for anybody or how much training have you done to actually, you know, uh, change out your lines? of kiting david nickerson was was talking about you and kiting it says uh i'm not seeing anybody practice kiting as dedicated as judson uh he's a beast with deliberate practice ground handling is a skill that he really cranks on inspirationally often in the trashiest air be like judson oh. deliberate practice yeah i so I kite because I genuinely find it like super fun. Um, however, I also feel that kiting is, you know, the framework to all of your flying because you understand so much of the glider dynamic from having it get messed up on the ground. Um, and then just kind of understanding and getting super in tune with being able to use as minimal input to get the maximum result. Um, I don't know. If you kite a lot, you're a really good pilot. And every every pilot you see who's out there kiting at least has really good launches. Um, but yeah, just kite. It's just get out there and do it. Like once never kite in any wind that I can't stand still and or move backwards in because I'm overrunning. But like if the conditions aren't pliable, get a wing out and kite it. Like go get a roadrunner. Seriously, those things are freaking the bomb.com. They're awesome. Uh, or a, a, any kiting wing. Don't it's something something small and go out when it's strong and, and play with it. It's just fun. How how long have you so so you have one of those right and how long have you had it? Uh, I just borrow them from the Aviator. I don't own one personally, but when I was learning to fly, my buddy Jeff lent me like a 16 meter speed wing to kite, and I just went and kited it like whenever it was windy at the park. I was just down there doing it. Um, it just it just creates all of these natural instincts. Um, you know, Mike Brown likes to call it the paranomic reflex um, for active piloting, for collapse recovery, you know, for inflation, all of that. It just makes you better. I would just recommend kiting as much as possible, personally. Uh, Judson, uh, quick question, uh, Walter. 
here. Um, I built my own um, trike here in Australia, and it weighs in at uh, uh, over 850 pounds with me and fuel in it. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, trikes? I notice you've uh, transitioned to trikes lately. What What do you feel about them? Um, I think they are awesome. Like, I don't think anyone should hate on a trike or shame anyone for flying a trike. Uh, and I just view them as another discipline of the sport. Uh, they're really useful for tandem. Um, Tandem wheel launch is objectively safer, easier, and more repeatable than wheel launch or than foot launch tandem. Um, they're awesome for no wind. They're a really great tool to like have fun ground handling, like learning trike control on the ground. And you know they can get you in the air if you have an injury or you can't foot launch. I just think they're like a great thing that exists that you can get into the air on wheels. Um, however, I think a lot of people flying trikes uh, should have a lot more training on flying their trikes if anyone's ever been to a fly-in. Yeah. <laughs> but they're awesome. Um, they're just, I don't know, every time I fly one, it's just a blast. Yeah, trikes yeah, Tracks are awesome. I, I agree. I'm pretty sure for some reason, a lot of people think that fly-ins are the like great opportunity to have their first flight or train how to, to fly at a fly-in. You see huh. so many accidents and uh, it's just not a good idea. No. Yeah. No, def I definitely know. not. I also think too, a lot of the fly-ins say uh, no first flights, no first solos on they their... Should. Yeah, they don't. On the ones I went to. Whitney Horky in the chat said, would you say your summer on the road exceeded expectations? Ever so slightly exceeded <laughs> expectations. <laughs> we have a lot of inside jokes. That was an inside joke. Uh, yes, but it did. We had a, we had a, okay, we had a Russian student um, and he was very like, um, reserved at the beginning and he eventually opened up with us but like the first day he towed we're like hey man how is towing and he's like in this very thick russian accent he's like it slightly exceeded my expectations and then when he soloed he was like we're like how is your solo facility and he was like it met expectations it's just like the most russian dude ever it was so awesome to my facility i think is the name yeah, Vasily. He made this yeah. awesome port. We, we were munched on that for like two weeks. Okay. He, he was an interesting character. I got to hang out with him for a while. Uh, he, yeah. I think he pulled a quad or something during training, and he had to sit a couple flights out, but he got back up in the air before I was gone. Yeah, he did. He crushed it. He was super good. That was a so really, really fun class. So I know you had two classes at Jersey Shore. Was that it? For your travels this summer or did you have other classes on top of that yeah we did one in vermont um, okay almost in canada and that one was really cool i i haven't been to vermont since i was like three years old and uh it's a really beautiful state 
Hudson, are you travelling just uh, for your own benefit or are you doing training or whatever along the way? Uh, we're doing training along the way. So uh, aviators, the past two years, have done summer travel classes where we go out of state, up north somewhere, and train in colder weather, you know, relatively. Uh, so we had a significant amount of downtime during the whole thing, but um, like I got to go to Oshkosh and everything, but yeah, I'm doing it for Aviator. We uh, got another question in the chat. Mel uh, Mark McElroy from paralifeppg.com. And if you don't know, he makes these shirts right here, which are really super nice. He says, uh, do you always fly with the reserve? Uh, He's thinking. <laughs> um, that does not have reserves on it. However, um, yeah, when I'm out on a personal flight, my personal motor is about to have two reserves on it. Um, and yeah, I do fly with them and they're a good thing that I think that you should have. That's a, that's a really good question about the reserve. So there are round reserves and there are steerable reserves. I have a steerable um, and that's the only one I have. Um, what do you use and what would you recommend for uh, people that are out there? Uh, well, I have two square reserves. I believe I have a sub air fluid and a Jin Yeti cross plate. Um, you know, I think the steerable reserve. Do we lose him? He may be going in and out of a uh, weak sailor area. I don't know. It kind of looks like he fell asleep. Until we get him, until we get him back, I guess. Um, in the in the in the uh, chat and the panel, who flies a re with the reserve and what do you have? The square, the round, the steerable, and what do you think about it? Uh, when he gets back, I guess we'll talk more about that. Guess I'll figure out that out when I have to throw it one day. I'm not sure. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> so, so you have a reserve, but you don't know what it is. <laughs> no, it's a round reserve, okay. and uh, come come uh, November will, will be my two years on it, and uh, a, a brand new reserve. We didn't get an inspection after the first year. Same thing with my wing. So this fall, I'll be doing some inspections, a reserve toss simulation. Gotcha. You can do it at a. I know JP's throwing a reserve. Who else on the panel is throwing a reserve? I threw a reserve at a SIV. Um, JP is the only person I know that threw a reserve and it wasn't an SIV. Yeah. Hey, Justin, you're hey. muted. And turn your phone sideways. When do you guys decide to start carrying a reserve? When do you decide to not? <laughs> okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, we, yeah, we got one. We, we, we can hear you now. Awesome. So my philosophy on reserves is during training, I think that they are an unnecessary risk um, because you're obviously flying under supervision. You're flying under supervision in really good conditions. Um, but I think that once you get out of training and you're a competent pilot and have been trained on 
and have been trained on how to use a reserve, uh, yeah, it's something you should fly with 100%. Um, and as long as you understand, you know, the risks associated with accidental deployment, then you should be fine. Uh, I take it you're getting gas right now? Uh, yeah, I am. Okay, well, we'll let you get gas real quick, and we'll talk more about reserves while you're getting gas. Enjoy. Uh, uh, I'll stay on the chat, but I'm going to go outside for a second. Absolutely. So Jim was talking about when would be a good time to get a reserve. Of all the people on the panel, what do you think would be a good time to get a reserve? Yes, the instructor was the same with uh, what Justin said, that after training, you know, when, when when we were training, it was one less thing that he, all of his students don't want that on there because they don't want, he doesn't want them to feel that that's a lifeline. Right. So uh, it's one less thing that a student can grab to throw. And also too, if there's one little bump and they don't understand the bumps, they may feel like, oh, I need to throw because there was a bump, which I understand, you know, uh, uh, students probably should not carry a reserve. That's one. Yeah, you're right. That's one less. That's one more thing that could accidentally be pulled out or not double checked or something. So when they're when they're taking off or or when they're foot launching, maybe it comes out a little bit. I think I saw a video where somebody was foot launching and their reserve dropped as they were taken off. Did you guys see that one? Yeah. So that that's a unnecessary risk, I believe as far as uh, reserves are concerned, but as soon as you're able to buy one or as soon as you're able to uh, to fly on your own after your solo, what, what do you guys think? I bought a brand new unit at Aviator when I trained and I flew on my unit before I left there and it had a reserve on it the very first flight. I particularly was not happy with that in training um I, I i was not happy with them not letting me fly with the reserve as a student um but they explained it to me and uh you know in hindsight it all it all makes sense um but i was of the, of the thought that i wanted a reserve on my very first flight um oh, just so just to have that back up but i get it you know that you know aj and, and uh you know Eric, they, they explained it to me mike brown and, and basically said that all the things that y'all just said, you know, there's, you know, as a student, you may hit a bump, freak out, throw your reserve, cause more problems. And, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons not to have, one. I get it. But, uh, you know, if, me personally, as a student, I, I wanted that reserve. Yeah, That's good. Always, and you always fly with the reserve too, right? Absolutely. Can you guys hear me still? Yeah, we can hear you. What's up, bud? Yeah, I mean, basically our philosophy with reserves in training is that we believe, wow, they shut all the lights off. We believe the likelihood of a premature or unintentional deployment is higher than a gear failure or catastrophic collapse or something. So, you know, that's why we do it. I think it was already covered, but, you know, you have yeah, to totally. be trained. You have to be trained on how to use a reserve, like to have one, you know, it's like, it's like carrying a firearm. You have to like have the skills to use it if you're going to have it. Yeah, and I still don't because I've never thrown one. I mean, I went through the simulator. You know, I was you know taught the the rules and whatnot on when to do it, when not to. But I mean, I guess until you're ever really in that situation, you're you're never really prepared. 
um, you know, you don't know your limits until you find them. I would think as, as soon as you start flying high um, in altitude, uh, you should have a reserve. But, I mean, I don't have one on my trike because we don't need them in, on PPCs. But uh, in training, you probably would, wouldn't be above 500 feet, I don't say. Uh, would that be right, Judson? Yep, that's accurate. Yeah, so, you know, you got to be really quick if you were flying at that height, you know, anything under 300 feet, uh, you're limited to right your uh, reserve coming out. So, you know, but w once you start a little bit of uh, high flying or cross country, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're, we're not required to have one either, Walter, um, but it's one of those things that I, I think that a lot of us feel, I don't know, um, safer. Um, I know that when I go up, I mine is the uh, the front mount, so I can kind of use it uh, on anything that I fly. So that that's pretty good. Uh, a lot of you guys have the ones that are mounted permanently on your paramotor, is that correct? Shane, is that correct? You you do too. You have yours permanently on your paramotor. Yes, I uh, I duct taped it uh, closed so it wouldn't open, and um, it, it's it's good now. Won't come. Zip, it won't zip come tie. Off it'll ever. never come off. Right. Gotcha. Um, Jim, how long have you been flying? I'm back, by the way. Okay, Jetson. I have been flying since uh, July 4th, but uh, I'm still in training. And I mean, I did hit 11,106 feet just I, over the weekend. Yeah, but, yeah. And I said that you beat me because I only went a mile and you doubled that. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, so you went, was, up, you went up two miles and um, how'd you feel? Did you, the wing feel stable and um, did you have any problems? None, none. Well, I fly in in almost perfect weather. Like gotcha. the wind conditions are, I think the most I've really flown in is six, maybe a little bit more, six miles an hour on the ground. Uh, I've flown in a lot higher winds than that up high mm -hmm. because they change. But um, it's always very smooth. I haven't had any real rough flights yet. Gotcha. And so I'm still in training, but I was waiting for all my, my instructor. We were at a flying this weekend. I was waiting for everybody to get on the air. I was the first one. It took them 30 minutes to get up. So I decided to go high and I just kept going until they got up. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. But you're in Canada, so it's a little bit different than us over here. <laughs> yeah, those, those are Canadian feet too. Sean. Yeah, what's, what's that? What's two miles and kilometers? What's that up, up <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea because I did it in feet. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations on that. That was pretty awesome. Uh, Paul Marzano in the cha chat said, do steerable reserves take longer to open? Now, Judson, do you know anything about reserves and which ones open quicker? And um, what, do you, what do you know about the reserves? Yeah, well, the first thing to know is all reserves open really fast, but the Steerables don't open any slower than the uh, non-steerables. Um, some of them actually open a little bit faster. Um, 
downside except that they're significantly more expensive. Yes, definitely. Um, I think what was mine? Mine was over twelve hundred dollars. I think it was a steerable. I got the Beamer, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I thought that a steerable would be good because if I had to throw, I wouldn't want to land in water or in trees or someplace that you know I wouldn't want to be able to to land. And I also know too that you can flare and uh, you know gently touch down with a steerable whereas the round and the square you're going down at what 5.5 meters a second which is like jumping off a house i think no i think it's less than that it's, i don't think it's it might be 5.5 feet per second but 5.5 meters per second is like fast yeah i'm sorry yeah five yeah it'd probably be 5.5 feet a second yeah from what i hear it's like jumping off a four to six foot ledge oh okay that doesn't scare me as much now. No. Um, I don't know. Reserves are a good idea. You should you should have it and just pre-flight it and you'll be fine. Um, I've seen that being said, I've seen one fall out on a launch and hit the prop and it balled up the entire frame. So it was all trapped. Yep. Wow. Didn't it kill the frame and motor? Uh yeah, it it bent the frame, it bent the exhaust all the way into the um, engine. It cut right through the silencer. It bent the um, main, the bigger pulley on the redrive. It destroyed everything. It was impressive, to say the least. What are you What are you showing, um, JP? JP, are you there? Is he on mute? Yes. Yes, JP, you're on mute. What were, what were you showing? And you can show it again real quick. I, I'm pretty sure it is meters per second that they measure that in. It's usually around five um, right here. Uh, advanced companion, 5.3 meter per second. Uh, max sync rate. What's the other, another popular ozone angel? Yeah, so that's, that's that that's at maximum loading, though. Like, you want to be at the lighter end of a reserve. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is about 5.5 meters a second. Okay. That's pretty legit. <laughs> which, which the problem I heard about reserves was they'll save your life, but they may break your back. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. That's it, it, it just goes to the point of why, you know, you aren't carrying one um, in your introductory training lessons. Yeah, because, you don't know it unless you have to. Yeah. It's you're gonna get hurt most likely. Um, but it's gonna keep you from splatting or bouncing. That's for yeah, sure. Absolutely. I don't know. Everyone I've talked to who's thrown a reserve has been completely okay. Like Woody stood up his reserve throw on a motor. That's he awesome. Landed on, he landed on his feet. Oh, he did throw two, didn't he? Yeah. He threw two. And then One wasn't on open at all. Yeah. But you, you you realize that if he only had one, you know, reserve or no reserve, he would probably not be telling the same story. No, no, no. He would be. He would probably be dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So reserves are good, and it's always good to have them. If you have if if you have more than one unit, um, or if you um, you know have a, a trike and a foot launch, 
I like the ones that I can take off and have right in front of me. I like the the ones right in front of me. So no matter which uh, hand I have for throttle, I can reach down and throw either way. But uh, most reserves are either on the right or left hand side of the paramotor underneath the seat, correct? Uh, a lot of them go on the side of the harness. So the scout does the under seat, but most paramotors do the side mount option. Um, which, you know, people will say that, yeah, if your one hand gets in, you can't get to it. But I, I think it's a pretty good option, all things considered. Um, you know, you got to be in a pretty precarious situation to throw a reserve. So at that point, your wing's kind of messed up. So you just got to get down there and throw it. I, I totally agree. Hey, Turning Marzano also said, with Halloween coming up, any pumpkin drops in the future? Arkansas. I think it's Arkansas or once a year they have a pumpkin chunking contest. They got these ballistic cannons with like 100 foot long barrels that slowly accelerate to see who can shoot the pumpkin the farthest. I mean, I've shooting, seen those. Yeah, I've seen those. Um, those they those shoot them like miles, man. I, I used mean, to they, be, I used to be so into pumpkin chunking. Y'all have no idea. <laughs> really? Uh, what, like a tribute so, Yeah. So, so in the torsion catapult division, uh, so Twisted Rogue is based in Asbury, New Jersey, where I live. Um, and they're super cool guys. And they can throw a pumpkin like 4,000 feet. Um, but when I was younger, I used to make air cannons and shoot stuff out of air cannons. Um, and pretend I was a pumpkin chunky, but it's it's a really cool thing, honestly. They shut it down, it's kind of a bummer, but yeah. Yeah, we we we, we caught on potato cannons awesome. in Alabama. You guys, <laughs> yeah. Those are fun too. We want to make an aviator potato cannon. Um, but air cannons are you pull a vacuum on like an entire tube and then use the atmospheric pressure to send stuff out and you can get um you know like a golf ball to supersonic pretty easily with a long enough barrel because it's accelerating in a vacuum we'll definitely have to try something like that one of these days jp has to go unfortunately it's about a quarter of nine so jp thank you very much for hanging out with us bud hey i just want to say thanks judson man really appreciate it love your content uh We'll, I'm sure we'll see you around at a flying or something. Yeah, dude. Let's stir up some more drama in the paramotor group for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I'll see All you right. around, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, JP. Peace, JP. Judson, <laughs> uh, just getting back to your reserve. Uh, you said you had a uh, oh, one of the light ones. Uh, do they make them in the larger sizes? He's frozen. What did you, you say? I couldn't understand what you said. 
Oh, you know, uh, he he uh, he said he carries a uh, one of his parachutes are uh, light. In other words, lighter weight. Uh, I'm just wondering if they're made in, uh, you know, like the 140 size. Obviously, he wouldn't be carrying one that big. I think they're all. I think there's all sorts of different sizes and shapes. It just really depends on uh, what you want. Uh, anybody have any experience with um, reserves that you know the sizes and how that all works? Anybody? No. Uh, Judson, uh, we see that you're back on. You're sideways and you're on mute, buddy. <laughs> there he is. So the question from Walter was referring to your two reserves. Um, basically, um, are they different sizes? Judson, he is he frozen again? again? As soon as he turned his phone sideways. Oh, well, until, he, until he come, I guess until he comes back, um, does anybody fly with two reserves and are they the same or are they different? Um, I think if I had a second reserve, I think it'd just be a round reserve that's as big as I, big as I can get um, that would, you know, float me down nice and safe. Plus my steerable. And who said that? Um, somebody said, Mark uh, George said, steerables are not always accurate. Kyle Ogley said that they will never be 100%. And uh, it's possible that you won't be able to steer it either. It gets tangled. I understand. Yeah. It's always good to have more than one reserve, I suppose. Judson's back. All right. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I don't know the specifics for my reserve, but I know Ozone makes uh, the Angel Square in a light, and they go up to 240, so that's what we run on the track. So it's pretty big. Okay. Uh, so, but I don't, I don't know about the gin and the subwear stuff. It's just what I happen to have. So how how much lighter is a light over a normal reserve? Um, I don't know. Maybe a pound or two. Uh, it's yeah. probably more of a difference on the bigger ones than the smaller ones, honestly. Yeah, I was quite surprised how heavy they are, actually, for uh, for a reserve. There's quite a bit of fabric in there. Uh, yeah. There's quite yeah. a bit. Even the, even the small ones I have uh, for my weight are like 34 square meters. They're huge. Yeah. Has anybody an aviator that you know of, and I've had this conversation with a few people, about trying to find somebody out there that has some sort of zip line feature that we could do a simulation where we actually throw our reserve in a somewhat realistic environment to see if it deploys, I've whether we live or die, you know? Yeah, I've seen videos out there, but I don't know where they are. Uh, I don't know of any. Uh, you could I think he's breaking up again. I can't understand what he's saying. Can you guys hear what he said? No. no. Okay. Um, until he comes back, we got Paul Marzano asking a question. It says, uh, what minimums or what, uh, I guess it's uh, altitude. I, minimum. Lab and kept it. I don't know of any in particular. Yeah. And we, we talked about that with Andrew as well at Skylab. Um, you know, he, he acted like he was uh, willing to put, help put together something like that. 
So I, I know a lot of people that, that have the reserve. They want rather than just hanging himself in their garage and then grab it, throw it. You know, they they rather have more realistic simulations. Yeah. I'd yeah, I'd like to Man, you're you're cut down on us pretty bad. All I heard uh, that last part was before you go. Uh, do, do you need to cut out on us? Anything, anything else you guys want to talk about? That that was all the questions I had on my list. Uh, several of them got asked in a couple different ways. Now we just have one in here. It's like, what's the minimum deployment altitude for a reserve? Do you know that offhand? Uh, it depends on how fast you get it out, but I've heard like a hundred feet. Um, I mean, once that thing hits air at the end, it's opening instantly. Uh, so pretty, pretty low, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the low. I'm sorry. I go ahead, really, Justin. I was really impressed at how fast reserves open when I saw them in real life at SIV. Absolutely. I mean, once, once that thing hits air, I mean, you lose almost no altitude. It just opens right up. I can't remember who was. Just, I was just talking with about somebody. I, I think it, it might have been uh, uh, an instructor in Pennsylvania, but he was uh, mentioning to me <clears throat> it's amazing how quick, how much difference. Um, a brand new or a, a reserve that's been repacked before will open quicker than a brand new reserve that's never been repacked. So if basically if it's a brand new reserve that's been sitting there for a couple of years and it's never been opened up, unfolded, still got the factory fold, it's, it'll typically take a little longer to open up. Uh, that was probably Dave. I don't know too much about that, um, but I had my reserve packed by some Army Master Riggers, and they kind of walked me through everything okay. uh, on how it opens and how it works. So I'm really confident in mine, but I don't know too much about that. So do you repack your own then now? No, I, I'll trust somebody else to do that, um, preferably somebody with a lot of uh, parachute packing experience. Yeah, um, I agree. So, I don't know. That's something you don't want to like half ass. That's like your last line of defense, and yeah. that should be done properly. 100%. Yeah. I agree. Totally agree. Um, Ken Stabie and Will Fly gave five bucks. Appreciate that, guys. Oh, thank you, bud. Appreciate it. I made it to Florida, so we did this podcast in officially three states. Wow. <laughs> Trifecta. Yeah. Woo. That's awesome. Yeah, Will Fly said resurgence rocks, and Ken Stamey said because Jay said I had to. <laughs> and we've been talking about people's YouTube channels and whatnot, and I just have to give a shout-out to Will Fly here. Um, he makes some incredibly good YouTube videos as well. He, uh, his channel's only been out for a little over a year or so, and he's got thousands of subscribers. Incredible um, videos, and, and it's what makes it good, in my opinion, is kind of how you were describing your other buddies is they tell a good story. You know, they're just well put together. So y'all check them out for sure. Judson makes good videos. I make videos. They're watchable, some of them. But, uh, <laughs> good. Come on, Brian. Yeah, Will, um, you're right. 
uh, God is Australian. He spoke to me the other night. He sounded exactly like in your vlog, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John Wayne gave $10 too. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, no. Thank you very much, John Wayne. Appreciate you, buddy. Definitely don't want to piss off John Wayne. Leave him out. No, definitely not. John Wayne, we love you, bud. Can't wait to go fly <laughs> with you again. Yeah, man, I, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing all about his switch from the Adam 80 to the Moster. Seems like somebody else I know just switched from an Adam to a yeah. Moster. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, I did. That's why I want to kind of compare notes with them. I oh, okay. Now, Justin, it, it, I mean, have you flown a foot launch um, Moster 185? That's what you got on your scout, right? I don't think you heard me. Um, Judson, you, you've flown the Moster 185 on your scout, right? Looks like he's frozen. Yeah, that's yeah, my primary engine. I can see you guys. Okay, okay we see you. Yeah, I've flown, I fly the 185 primarily. Um, but I fly the Atom quite a bit as well. They're both really good engines that just fill different roles. When gotcha. would you use the 80 and when would you use the 185, curiously? Uh, I use the 80 uh, if I'm thermaling and I can get a reserve on one. Um, and I also use the 80 for high wind flying almost exclusively because it's lighter. The 185 for um, like most of my flying because I can climb really well. Uh, and it gives me a little bit more weight so I can, like, go fast-ish. I mean, you got to understand, like, I get beat. When I had my free ride, I would literally have students passing me on Mojo. Like, I'm so, so slow. So any bit of weight I can add is nice. So do you have the bigger tank on yours? The 17-liter? No, no, it's a 12-liter tank. And do you do you normally foot launch with that full? Not often, but I have, and it's not really an issue. Um, but usually, I'll put like seven liters in because I know that's a solid like hour and a half. Oh yeah, that's a good question to ask. Um, how long do you normally fly when you're not you know teaching students? Um, and how much gas do you put in? Uh, it depends on the area, but if I'm just going for like a fun flight, usually like an hour to an hour and a half, and I'll take seven to nine liters, uh, depending on how long I plan on flying. But generally, if I'm gassing up a moster, I just put seven in. Do you, at your weight, do you feel the difference, or is there a big difference between the Atom 80 and the 185 as far as gas consumption? I've never flown one. I mean, like 
on Adam 80s, we launched them with two liters of gas. Uh, and that's good for three or four students' flights. Wow. So, two liters of gas. I mean, that's... Judson, that's just a little bit better than my Rotax 503 at 18 liters. <laughs> 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 what was it? Yeah. <laughs> better. Ours burns about two gallons an hour, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Now, you said that you use the Atom 80 for high winds? Yeah. So tell me, tell me why you'd use that for high winds instead of like the 185. Well, um, generally when it's really strong in Lake Wales, all I do is like touch and goes and land on things and hover. And I'm looking for something that's light and something that's like easy to, to like wield on my back. And the moster is a lot of weight for me um, to just kind of swing around. But the really light motors like the Eclipse and the Maverick um, just make it easier. And I realistically don't need the extra thrust, uh, especially in the wind. So it's more from like a safety and enjoyment aspect. Like the, if I'm flying when it's, you know, 18 miles an hour on the ground and I'm taking off going backwards, then like you know, I'm not climbing up to the valve speed. I'm not really going over 200 ever. Uh, and you know, I have a strong, uh, and it was really grateful that I was on a Maverick in that moment because I just stood up and brushed it off, whereas that would have been thousands of dollars to my scout. So we, we, we missed part of that. We heard something of, we, we missed the middle part. <laughs> Got the thousand dollars done to your scout. Um, I've fallen over. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I've fallen over and gotten dragged uh, through the sand. Ooh. And I was just really grateful to be on off, and it was like completely fine, whereas it completely destroyed the whole motor. The wing fell behind me, reinflated, pulled me onto my back, flipped me through the risers, and I stood up and it was fine. Wow. Is that technically a turtle? Uh, it was a temporary turtle. A temporary turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was the strongest wind I'd ever flown in, and I was trying to land, like, sitting down on the frame. So, like, don't do that. Wow. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I didn't record that. Uh, I haven't talked about it, but I totally did that one time. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't think one's better or worse. I just think they both have like different roles and different applications. And uh, if you're a lighter pilot, then you can really kind of utilize them both. But if you're heavier, you just have to fly the most. Yeah, that's uh, you've always you've always been a scout man. Uh, what are you flying now? Uh, so I have an enduro 
was the first frame I flew with a Moster on it, and I really like the handling, and it's just been a good option for me. So I'm used to it, and that's what I choose to fly, but I don't think like it's better or worse than anything else. Um, you know, the aerodynamic torque compensation, uh, when you're not doing acro functions as good as a Maverick, um, it's, it's not any better, it's not any worse, uh, but where it does shine is when you start doing, you know, powered acro and you get that really high airspeed through the hoop, it really kind of locks in and feels super solid. But uh, I flew a Max Fly with the torque compensation fins on it and was extraordinarily impressed by that. So uh, that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, we'll see where I end up. But you know, I'm getting close to 400 hours on that motor and just want to, you know, try something different. Yeah, absolutely. What's the smallest wing you've flown so far? 14 meter free ride. No, uh, yeah, no, 14 meter free ride. Thank um, yeah. And I didn't, it was fun, but I didn't like it. Uh, it's just too, I really like the slow and flowy uh, style of flying, and it was just too snappy for me. I, it just wasn't what I was looking for. Hmm. Um, looking through the chat, looks like you got a, uh, a compliment. Uh, Hot Butter Steve says, Justin rocks a uh, way better stash than Tucker. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> comment down below. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, David Nickerson just said, if you could design a wing, what would it be? If I could design a wing, what would it be? Um... I don't know. The Viper 5 is pretty perfect. I would like it with a little bit like eater riser system. The riser system kind of sucks, but otherwise the Viper 5 is like the, the best I've flown. Um, you can't take one wing to do everything. Like I'm not going to take the Viper out and fly high wind and try to land on stuff with it. It's not for that. And I'm also not going to take it out and try to do helis on it. Uh, there's wings for that, so it, you know, you, the cool thing with paramotors is you can have one engine and, you know, this arsenal of wings that are capable of doing different things for different tasks, and uh, I just respect all the different wings for being able to complete different roles for me. So how many wings do you think someone would have to have or how many wings would you have to have to do all the things that you want to do? Like um, going, you know, doing your low and slow, doing your acro, going cross country. Thermaling. Uh, thermaling, right? You said Gin Vantage for the thermaling, right? Uh, a Gin Vantage or a Kona. Um, I don't think I would try to move to a hotter paragliding wing than that at my current skill level. Um, I'm by no means an expert and have no reason to be flying, you know, a C-rated uh, paragliding wing. But I would say probably four. Um, I would like an A-wing. Well, maybe you could... 
Yeah, you could do a four. I would say a B-rated non-reflex, uh, like paragliding weights, like the Gin Vantage, or like the, uh, you know, the Nova. What the hell is it called? Uh, the Nova Mentor or something uh, for paragliding and the low and slow high wind condition stuff. Um, I would like a dedicated cross-country wing, like a Sirocco 3. Um, for, you know, that's really stable and turbulent. It's really fast. Um, the Viper for the freestyle uh, flying. And then uh, an acro-specific wing for the floppy acro, I think would be a really round uh, setup. And you could really cover all the bases with it. Yeah, I like the Gin Vantage because um, thermaling is so easy with the Gin Vantage. I really like that. Yeah, and I found the, the handling really intuitive as well. I I was uh, pleasantly surprised by that wing. It's pretty solid. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know, people get all worked up about brands, and I'm not really like a brand guy. I just like the way Ozone handles. I really like their design philosophy um, and I have access to them. So I fly them more often than not. Um, but I flew with a Dudex for a while. Um, I really, I enjoy the gin stuff. I have mixed feelings about the carb, um, but it's a pretty good wing. Um, and then the Nivea stuff, you know, I like them. The handling's good. Uh, they handle turbulence well, but like, damn, they've tried to kill and have killed a few people, um, and I'm not really cool with that. And how they handled the whole uh, Cougar 3 riser thing with Tucker, like, kind of rubbed me the wrong way, so yeah. I didn't really like that at all. Um, I didn't find that very stand-up of them, but... I don't know. Any wing I can get on and be confident in 100% is something I want to fly. Like, I don't want to be on speed bar and be nervous that it's going to explode and do it there. Right, um, right. Do you do a lot of, uh, do you test a lot of different wings? Uh, do you demo different wings? Yeah, I try to fly like whatever I can get my hands on. Um, I flew a 14 meter Dominator once, it was kind of shitty. <laughs> uh, but like a dominator size appropriately is like a totally fine a wing like they're fine um i want to fly i haven't had the opportunity to try any of the new deck stuff like the warp and the drift there um and i really want to try that stuff so if anyone wants to you know uh, let me take their stuff for a rip at a fly in i totally do that um but yeah, I just I just want to fly like the best and what I am comfortable on. And you know, if people want to be all brand this, brand that, then they can be that. But wings good, wings good. That's bottom line. We have a couple of people that said some stuff in the chat since we've been talking. Dave Ruff said, Judson, hook into a Buzz Z5 and go. It's a great combo. Um, Paul Marzano said, if you 
don't, if you don't fly the Dominator, you're going to die. And Ripley Smith said, if you could fly anywhere in the world, where would you choose to fly? Hi, Ripley. Thanks for watching. Um, if I could fly. I'm really excited to go to the American West, um, but Iceland is probably like one of those places that I have to go to at some point in my life. That's my answer. And Mark George says uh, from um, PariswayUSA.com said, what are your thoughts on the BGD Luna 2? Um, it's a really cool wing. Um, it, well, number one, it looks fantastic. Um, it really looks good. Um, it's an interesting wing because the line set is longer than most motor wings. So it handles more similarly to an acro glider like my Emily Peace um, in the way that it builds energy. Um, it's kind of like an exponential curve. It builds it like, it's like nothing, 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 and then all of it. Um, it's definitely not as efficient as the spider, uh, but I don't have any problems with it. It's pretty cool. Uh, Jamie Priest is 20 meter, and yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, yeah, can I do? <clears throat> I like that they took it. I like that they took it down to an 18 meter too. That's that's um welcome for the light pilot. Like I don't understand why a lot of wing manufacturers don't take their wings down to a small size. It's like yeah, I understand you don't want people to get the really small one and overload it, but there's 100 pound pilots out there who have nothing to fly, you know? Speaking of loading, um, typically how, what percentage are you loaded on your wing? Um, like 70, I, I, I tell people to shoot for like 80, 85%, but like uh, on the, the free ride and the Viper, I'm about 75% of the recommended wing loading. Um, and it's totally fine. <clears throat> yeah, when I started out, I was like 80% loaded on a uh, Mojo. Yeah. And then I put on weight. I added uh, retractor wheels, and I got a smaller wing. Now I'm 100% loaded on a Spider 3. And, uh, man, I'm just I'm ripping it up, man. I, I went from burning like four hours of fuel an hour to when I'm doing lots of wingovers and stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm burning like over seven liters of fuel an hour now. Wow. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I can touch on that for a second. Um, that sounds like a blast. Um, but with the newer um, crop of the more high-performance wings, especially from ozone, we found there's no reason to go overweight on them. Like, uh, the Sirocco didn't gain any, when AJ flew all the sizes, um, he said it didn't gain any performance from going to a smaller size, being overweight, in fact, it lost performance. Uh, and then with the Viper, uh, AJ got an 18 square meter, and he's like 225 flying a Thor 303. And he said it's, it's, um, it's too dynamic. And it's not what he's looking for. And my wing loading is something what he's looking for. So he's going to move up to a 22 probably. Uh, so I wouldn't 
higher performance swing, just fly them in the weight range is better. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's all it's all about like what you're looking for. I personally don't like the feeling of a glider that's overweight. Um, it just feels floppy and like you're you know trying to break it. Not like not not that it's gonna break, but it just kind of doesn't feel like it's performing like it's designed to. Mm. In my opinion, at least, but each their own. No, I think that's solid advice, man. You want to stay within the manufacturer's ratings. And when I when I did the math, and you know, after I added retract the track wheels, that's twenty one pounds. I was like, okay, one hundred one percent loaded. I can't fly my wing no more. It's crap. Yeah, no, that's you know, fine. Yeah, I, I talked to people that are flying one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty percent loaded on the same wings, which is, you know, you're outside of the manufacturer specs. It's not going to, you know, necessarily behave like a B rated wing anymore. But uh, yeah. Well- the other the other thing to, re- to remember is like you know they make as you go up in the class of wings as you get more advanced on the gliders um, they become more efficient each square meter of that glider is making more lift so you know you could start on a spider 26 and then go down to a 22 um, but you're you're not really getting the performance um, you should be getting from a 22. You should be on a more efficient wing at that point, if that makes sense. Uh, can, I, can I do a barrel roll with a spider? Oh, hell yeah. Dude. Sweet. That's oh, what yeah. I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah hold I, my really, beer. I really, really love the spider 20. Um, that thing is, I got to exit to take in a second here. Oh, no, it's just stay on I-95 South. Um, no, I really, really love the Spider 320, uh, especially with the 2D tied in. It's quite uh, it's dynamic. Uh, you can do barrel rolls and bats and all that fun stuff on it. Um, but it still feels really, really safe. Uh, so like when we went to uh, where we go, I think I went to Swanee one time and I just took a Spider Twenty because it's just a solid wing. And and how much did you say that you weigh? Uh, like one hundred twenty-five pounds. Wow. So Brian, when you do your barrel roll, are you going to have that on video? <laughs> oh yeah. I was thinking the same thing, man. I hope that. Oh goes yeah. <laughs> If, you, hey, if it ain't on video, you didn't do it. Right? That's true. That you, with, you can do it with your trike? Oh, yeah. I had foot launched since I got my wheels, man. What are you talking about? I don't know how to run anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, don't say that. Uh, Jaden and I went flying yesterday. I, I foot launched, and I haven't foot launched in a while. Man, I'm a little sore, let me tell you. Yeah, I, I need to get back in the foot launch game pretty quick when I get back. Uh, I'm going on a hunt trip. I've been trying to save my ankle for that trip. So, but anyway. a real man. Yeah, I know. I'm not a real man. I'm just a, a fake man, I guess. Will, you weigh 103 pounds. No, oh, come on. No, I, I did I did buy the, uh, the, the unit that I bought. I bought with the idea of adding the uh, attachment. You know the trike kit. So, 
And Will, how much do you weigh? 150. 150. So you weigh more than Judson. Wow. Yeah. Um, I would realistically like to weigh more like 140, 150, because I just run into like so many issues where it's like they don't make a wing that fits me. You know, I'm not, I can't keep up with everyone, that kind of stuff. So. Well, you just need to eat more Dairy Queen. It's been working for Will. That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you read John Wayne's comment? No. Which one about the two meter piece of plywood? No, he says that explains my sex life. It ain't on video. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, no, John, John Wayne. I thought I saw that video on the internet. <laughs> Gotta record that for insurance purposes. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man, love the sense of humor. Yeah. It is really awesome. Well, it is nine uh, seventeen. We've been talking for almost two and a half hours, which is really awesome. We haven't done this since winter time, which is great. Um, Judson, how much longer can you chat with us? And anybody on the panel need to leave? Yeah, I've got a homeless guy soliciting me next to the window, but other than that, I'm <laughs> oh, so you made it to Florida. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, yeah Google took me some weird ass way. I'm just hoping he don't go in the camper. Uh, Judson, a uh, quick question, Walter, again from Australia. Can you, uh, uh, with uh, international flights, when and if they do, could you see a uh, paradigm team coming to uh, one of the Australian air shows? Oh, I'd love to take everyone down there. It's just, we need a sponsor to pay for that. Like that's extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to do a bit of, uh, I'll send some letters or something into the, uh, to the shows here and see if we can get something stirred up. But yeah, it'll be a that, while yet. Yeah. Walter, if you, you could pay the shipping, uh, they uh, might get there. Yeah, plus, plus the licensing's different there. Wouldn't they have to get a waiver? I think they'd uh, they'd be fine. The FAA will write them one for Australia. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah right. uh, we, we, we we have uh, what they call Avalon, which is every two years. Uh, Judson, which uh, that would be the ideal one to come to. It's in Melbourne, uh, Victoria, like south, um, southeast coast. Uh, that's the biggest one they have every every two years. Uh, I'd love to see the one here in South Australia. I'm in in middle South Australia, bottom, and. Um, uh, the RAF base, uh, our Royal Australian Air Force, uh, they have a show every few years. So, you know, something to think forward to the future because I think one of those shows, especially a night shows, would go down big time here. Yeah, I think it would be super fun and I'd love to organise something like that. That would be more yeah. of an Eric question. I can't really... Uh, no, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if we need oh, a sponsor, realistically. Yeah, we need we need to put out some feelers here. Someone, you know, 
that could uh, support we, you guys. Here. Guess we could ask somebody in the chat. Hey, you guys got a couple million to help support this? This would be great. I'd love to. <laughs> You um, know, kind of but I have to say, you know, people talking about where they love to fly. I've always thought Australia would be the top of my list of countries to visit. But now that I'm in a paramotor, I'm like, yeah, that, you know, and we find some crazy dangerous places. Y'all foot drag water. We go by alligators. But can you imagine foot dragging by a crocodile or uh, going over a, a hippo or a water, you know, water buffalo or <laughs> elephants? Or you have an engine like kangaroo. Like, kangaroo. Dude, kangaroos are freaking scary. You know, Josh is out there running from bears. No, and beavers, dude, Josh is all scared of all the wildlife. No, no, no. You don't need to be scared of bears. You don't need to be scared of bugs. You need to be scared of a freaking kangaroo, like, kicking you in the gut and killing you. <laughs> the Sheilas, you got to look out for, man. Yeah, Judson, I was uh, following a, a quite a large kangaroo one day and um, I was low, but lucky I wasn't much lower because he stopped, turned, looked at me and when the, when the kangaroo stands up, they grow a couple of feet and, uh, yeah, if he jumped up, he, he wasn't far off the bottom of my uh, PPC, so... They can uh, get aggressive. As you've seen, they can do boxing pretty well. You know what would yeah. be a beautiful place to fly, I think, would be New Zealand. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I Where they filled the Lord of the Rings, they got all that backdrop. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's do that next year. We'll, 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 we'll all do that next year, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah You're going to come to Australia, too. You can't just go to New Zealand. <laughs> I'd be very upset if you did that. That <laughs> would really, I could see, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, drag the Great Barrier Reef with the great white sharks. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, it'd be super yeah. fun. I just want to get out of the country and explore the world. Yeah. I mean, you've got a beautiful country, don't get me wrong. I've been over there and there is lots to see, but we have got some, some grand spots and, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're girthed by sea. So you'd see plenty of ocean here. And we have some great beaches and stuff like that to land on. So, um, yeah. Speaking about traveling and all that stuff, Judson, how many states have you uh, flown in? And have you flown in any other countries other than uh, the United States? I haven't flown outside of the U.S. And I honestly haven't flown in that many states have flown in Vermont, New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin, uh, North Carolina, Virginia, Florida, and Georgia. Oh yeah, that's, so, that's like, just a handful of states. Yeah, that's that's nothing. Yeah, yeah I haven't. I, I don't have that many. This this. Uh, October, I'm going to add a bunch to the list. Uh, but yeah, realistically, not that many. You haven't flown Texas with uh, Mr. Veller or um, Mitch G? No, we talked about it a bunch. I just haven't had the opportunity to make it out there yet. I might shoot a low approach to Florida and, and you know, go over there, but we'll see how time how the time works out. 
Awesome. Well, it is uh, almost 930. Uh, panel, any other questions before we head on out and let Justin get back to his uh, his long trip? I'm almost there, dude. Oh, good. A, I don't have a question, but I want to say thank you, Justin, for spending your time with us. Yeah, I, thank you for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, it's super fun. Helps pass the time uh, when driving, right? What's that? Yeah. It definitely helps pass the time when driving when you can do a, a paramotor podcast or listen to podcasts. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's been like eight minutes. Like, it's gone. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll try to drive on Mondays so I can get on the chat. <laughs> That's We'd awesome. love to have you anytime. I, I like to. I like to also say thank you, Ben, uh, for coming on. It was it was great meeting you again. Getting get to fly with you in Jersey Shore for sure. I look forward to doing yeah, it again was, soon. Yeah, man, that was a great spot. I'm glad so many people came out. Yeah, that was that was awesome. No doubt, yeah. that was that was a great great trip. Yeah, yeah Jackson, uh, Walter here from Australia. I, I was just thinking the same. You've done a good job on this uh, podcast and uh, you haven't crashed, so you're doing well. You're <laughs> tired now. It looks like we've kept you awake. <laughs> awake. That's Cheers, great. Buddy. Safe travels, Justin. Safe travels. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Justin. Hey, yeah. Definitely appreciate you being on the show and sharing uh, experiences and uh, letting us uh, – uh, delve into your life a little bit more and learn more about you. Uh, you definitely are doing really well over at uh, Aviator. You've been an instructor for more than a year. You've been flying a lot. You're on the Paradigm team. Man, um, and you're only 20 years old. It's only up from here. So I'm, I'm just curious, what do you think is going to go on in, in, in 10 years from now if you got this much accomplished already? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll uh, I want the YouTube thing to get bigger and hopefully at some point be able to do that full time um, because that would just allow me to have my lifestyle support itself. Um, and then, you know, I would like to buy a house um, or some property near an airfield uh, or on an airstrip preferably and get more into general aviation when uh, I'm in a position to throw more money at that but you know right now i'm just trying to like save some and get some things set aside for my future uh before i start throwing it all at uh you know generally aviation but um yeah i think the van is going to be a really good option uh for the next uh couple years because it's going to allow me to live very very cheaply um, and just kind of go with me more stuff. So that's what I plan on. I'm just going to kind of do it as it comes. I didn't really, uh, ever subscribe to the whole, like do this career for 30 years and then get this retirement at the end. Uh, you know, I was in that position at my old job and nobody looked happy. So I wasn't really about it. Um, and I'm doing paramotor and it's, I'm happy. So, you know, I want to keep doing that and just stay in aviation. 
try to do it safely. Hey, man, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Exactly. Uh, it hasn't felt like a, it hasn't really felt like a day of work yet. Hey, I've got one question. Yeah, go ahead. Judson, so are you aware that there's a girls uh, flying show on Wednesday nights now? <laughs> flying what? Girls Just Want to Fly. It's a YouTube show that I had started about 12 weeks ago. Just wondering if uh, you would be interested in getting your girlfriend girlfriend to join in on that sometime. Yeah, she'll totally join in. I mean, I can't speak for her, but like, she'll totally join. <laughs> cool. Hopefully you can watch and join in on the chat too. Yeah, yeah they, they, uh, they won't let us on. We can only be in the chat. No, no men. We're not, we're not a wig on anyway. Ain't that the truth? And you and you beat yeah. me to it. You beat me to it, Jade. I was going to ask him here and, uh, as soon as I could, yeah. but uh, you jumped in and you got it. Yeah. Uh, so just in case you didn't know, Flying Flamingo Jade has an all-girl cast. It's a paramotor uh, flying aviation um, type of uh, podcast that goes on every Wednesday night. And you can always go over to paramotorgirl.com and check it out. So we definitely appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there definitely needs to be a bigger female presence in the sport, and I'm, like, super happy uh, that it's growing and that there's people, you know, promoting it, such as that. There's bad props, because um, it's super empowering, and uh, everyone should be paramotoring. So, yeah, that's awesome. I'll definitely give that a look and let Jill know. And of course, you know, if you like to, you know, talk about paramotors and food and just hang out on Tuesday night over at ppgshane.com, you have a nice uh, paramotor slash talk about whatever you want to uh, podcast going on every Tuesday night with uh, Never Trust the Skinny Chef Shane. Yeah, but I don't don't trust Skinny Chef. (laughs) (laughs) None of us do. None of us do. It's all right. No, No, we never trust Skinny Chefs. You go down south, some dude's like cooking barbecue. Are you going to go to the dude who's like 400 pounds? Or are you going to go to the dude who looks like he, he's anorexic? Like, yeah. like, which guy are you going to? Exactly. And then there's something going on on Thursday nights, and I'll let Paramom USA's Linda Anderson tell us about that one. Oh, hey. Oh, yes. I live, I love my Thursday. And it's paraglidingchalk.com with your host, Robert Michaels. It's always shenanigans on the show. Lots of great information, lots of cool guests. So y'all gotta check it out on Thursday night. Be there, well, be square. Well, who who is this guy um, to you? That is my number one son. All right. Robert Michael, that's right. I'm his PR. Yes. I was I keep on that about a year ago. Payroll. I'm on the payroll, but he says I'm public relations. I'm like, boo. Yeah. So. What's up, Judson? Yeah, you know, Judson was on um, on paraglidingtalk.com about a year ago, right, Linda? Yeah, yep. a little over a yep. year ago. I'll go oh, again. Yep. Hell yeah. I remember that. That's right, Judson. I remember. Well, we're just going to have to get you back on there again. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. Let's do it. I, I sound, it sounds like I need my own paramotor podcast. Well, yeah. I, th- I think, I think um, uh, Fridays and Saturdays are open <laughs> because because Sunday you got Paramotor Nation. Um, so yeah, you got Friday and Saturday. Just just pick a day. Cool. 
I don't want to drag Tucker into anything, but if we could get, like, I don't know, if we could get, like, me, him, Josh, Dan, those guys, like, chatting, I mean, we'll just go for hours. It's, it's sometimes struggle to get off the I'm field never... uh, and go continue our conversation at dinner. So I think that would uh... be fun. That sounds like a great show for Friday night, Judson. Yeah, it sounds like a Friday night show. Yeah. Sure. All right. Friday Sean, night. Sean, could, Sean could help you out with that. No problem, Judson. <laughs> no problem. All right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, sounds like a plan. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I very much appreciate it. Uh, I loved all the questions. Uh, want to have me back on we'll do another q a uh i'm down so uh yeah i think cool. i'll head off now thank you so much absolutely thank you so much for hanging out with us for two and a half hours oh my goodness have a safe trip and uh and definitely come back anytime we appreciate you buddy yeah thank you have a good night yeah good night peace out thank you well, that was really super awesome. Um, yeah, any, any takeaways from this uh, wonderful podcast with Judson Graham? Yeah. Fly, fly with reserves, right? Lots of great info. Go, go get proper training. Get proper training, absolutely. Aviator's an awesome uh, school. Reserve training. Reserve training, right, absolutely proper wing loading and you know what you're not necessarily too young to get into the sport or too small you know you know you, you can uh you know there's there's gear out there to fit you no matter what size you are there's schools that can get you in the air Absolutely. and uh you can just do it safely i mean look, look what he accomplished in four years yeah. yeah, and he's 20 years old, and look, it's just amazing what he's accomplished, and he's not even legally able to drink yet. Unbelievable. Uh, I know, right? Right. Absolutely awesome. Well, guys, uh, definitely appreciate my panel uh, for jumping on and, and always being uh, being here. I know that we jumped on really quick, and we went through, you know, really quick, you know, since we had Judson on, and we didn't know when his his uh, internet was going to cut out so we didn't really do a lot of intro this uh when we first got on but uh brian habia waller uh you can find his shenanigans over at pbgbrian.com tell us a little bit about you know um about your shenanigans and what you've been doing over the <laughs> yeah so i really really like to fly low between hay bales and uh that that's kind of my call sign um now i've been doing a lot more flying around hay bales i love the slalom um, gotten better at it, but I, I make a few videos. I throw them up on YouTube and, uh, you know, I jump on this show on Monday night. Sometimes you catch me on a Tuesday night show or in the chat on a Wednesday night show That's or Thursday right. night show or That's man, Sunday night show. That's how we roll. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Soon to be a Friday night show, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you never know. Never Actually, know. the list of names the list of names he said it would be great. Yeah. Hey Walter. Yes, you know, sir. When, when you start talking, you don't need to say Walter from Australia. Because I think <laughs> he knows who's talking. <laughs> I think he knows I just, the Australian I, talking. <laughs> probably tell I, I by 
I don't know. Some of you guys, I, I, I find it hard to, you know, some some are easy to tell you're Australian, but otherwise, uh, Australian, American. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Just, I'm just giving you a hard time, man. But hey, hold yeah, on, hold no, on. No. Hey, hold, hey there. This is Eric from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> this is Sean from Arkansas. <laughs> All right. Rub it in. Rub it in. We love you, Walter. You know that, man. Yeah. Don't forget Jim from Canada, eh? I almost started saying it. Because <laughs> there's so many Jims. <laughs> Where is CR120? Where is he? No, no, what? where is it? Jim CR120. He's in Florida, but I don't no, know where he's he, actually from. Well, he, okay. he, he's a military guy. He's been all over. He, he lived in Maine. I think now he's got a house in North Carolina. But, yeah, he's uh, instructing an aviator right now in Florida, Lake Wells. Well, I, I'm sorry. I was just trying to think, you know, like, because he always is called Jim CR120. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, what do I say? This is Jim Samard. This is Jim from Canada. This is Jim from Saskatchewan. The, the, this is the other Jim. <laughs> this like, is, got, this is Jim, somebody. eh? That, that's all you need to say. This is Jim, eh? I don't then, use that word. <laughs> and then and then you can go, you know, what is all about? You know, and we'll know. There you go. Hey, so I was out, I was booting a boot. <laughs> <laughs> so just out in a boot, eh? <laughs> hey, I got something to say. Yeah. Tulo missed. Oh noticed what I was wearing tonight. I can't oh, remember. No. Oh, Ohio. Ohio. It's it Ohio, birthplace of aviation. Oh, oh he missed it. He did. Wow. <laughs> How long did it take you to find that shirt? I, I got it when I went up to the uh, Wright Brothers um, Museum. It was buy one, get three free. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> basically trying to give away the Ohio shirts. I got you. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, Will, tell us a little bit about your channel and uh, what you do. Oh man, real simple. I just love to fly paramotors and I like to make videos about doing it. You can find me at uh, willflyppg.com or willfly on YouTube. Absolutely. Really good videos. And all your videos have like four and 5,000 hits, like, you know, almost within a couple of days. Uh, really fair, man. Yeah, really good videos. You tell a great story and we definitely appreciate that. Uh, and uh, always good to fly with you too at the, at the fly-ins. Yeah, man. Um, we also got Eric Lear and uh, Flying Flamingo Jade. I think they're married, living up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin cheeseheads. Tell us a bit about. Tell us a bit, a little bit about you two and what you do, and how we get up with you and your shenanigans on YouTube. Well, I would like to just touch base on one thing. Everybody's talking about their names, you know, the GM CR120 and just the other gym and whatever. So I got one that. I've been asking Jade, I think I asked Will, if if smart car Brian sells his car and buys a Fiat, will he be also known as Fiat Brian or we will he always be known as smart car Brian? Always be known as smart <laughs> car Brian. Yeah. If I ever become a great grandpa, no one's going to say PPG great grandpa, Sean, you know, no, it's going to be just PPG grandpa. Right. Anyways, 
You can find me at ppglear.com and you will never find new content, although I film everything for safety <laughs> reasons and to learn by, but I just don't do videos. I will the same video, video will be there over and over. <laughs> exactly. I give my video stuff to Jade and if she wants to put it on her awesome videos, she will. And I've never seen any of my stuff. Uh-oh. Jade, what do you have to say about that? I've run out of time. I can't even make my own. I still have moonshiners. I've got Dave Purdens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm having a hard time. I'm trying to learn Final Cut and Will keeps leaving me and won't give me tutor lessons on finally on got editing. What? You finally got Final Cut or you had yeah. fun? Okay, good, good. Did yeah. you get motion too? I don't know. <laughs> I finally got motion and I've uh, been working. Oh, with yes. Motion. Yep. Yeah. But it's just trying to learn my MacBook Pro at the same time. So, and you just started a new job. Yeah. And I've got a different job that's taking me during the day. Well, congratulations on your new job. Even more reason, Will, you should be helping her out. Come on. I do help her out, but you can't teach someone. It's like teaching someone a foreign language. You can't do it in two days, you know, <laughs> in between flights. Right. Hey, it was 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 that Walter from um, Australia talking? <laughs> can't tell if it's and Walter from Australia or the other Walter. And the other Nick. We got the other Nick. We got the other Walter. I, I've told you before, Eric. You try standing on your head all all through the show, mate. It's not <laughs> easy. Blood rushes to my head, and then everything gets mixed up. <laughs> well, at least you can tell us that uh, what's going to be going on tomorrow, since you're already there. I guess you I guess you time travel back in time every week on Monday to come over here to see us. So we appreciate that, buddy. Well, that's why I zoomed on because that way I'm right connected with you. You see. Yeah, without without Walter, we'll never know if tomorrow will come. But if we see Walter here on Monday, we know that oh. Tuesday is for sure. Yep. Sure. Definitely. There you go. There you go. We well, appreciate you, Walter, jumping on and hanging out with us too, buddy. Uh, thank well, you. Well, I don't do it often, but uh, hopefully I didn't take too much of your questions, guys, and time away. Yeah, it was yeah, it was way too much again. We don't know why you do it. <laughs> what is your name on here? Ru Man Walter. I love it. Ru Man Walter. Yeah, I just thought I'd try that in just to be different. And uh, yeah, look, next time you can just mute me, uh, Sean, if I'm saying too much. What What'd you say? <laughs> there you oh. go. <laughs> Sorry, just muted you. Uh, <laughs> I just unmuted myself. Ha. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> every, every time Walter, every time Walter gets on the after show on Paragliding Talk, Robert, Robert gets on there and he goes to to Walter. He goes, Dad. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Linda? Linda, <laughs> sweetheart. Oh, I see. With I see the connection thing. Okay, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. I knows, really wanna, you, know, you think that's like why that. I'm coming to America to see you? That I, I I saw I saw the movie coming to America. I don't think that was you. 
No. That was a good movie, though. Maybe I should make one, eh? You should. Yeah. You should. You should make a yeah, country of America. Yeah, uh, Tony, like Tony Marzano in the chat does have a question for Walter. Says, I does the tool spin backwards uh, in <laughs> Australia? You go, actually, it spins backwards and it's upside down. And it's in the future. Yeah, yeah when, when I spin the, when, when I flush the toilet, I have a wash in the face as well. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Rude. Well, all right. Well, on, 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 on that gross note, uh, we also have Jim from Australia, eh? Uh, tell us what it's all about and, and what you do over there. Australia, no, he's from Canada, mate. Did I say Australia? I meant Canada. I'm sorry, wrong country. Jim from Canada, not Jim from Australia. Jeez, I can't remember which one is which. Jim from Canada, eh? Tell us what it's all about. I'm the one on the top of the world. He's the one on the bottom of the world. There you go. All right, we got it. What do I do? I'm a, I, I am, uh, I guess, a printer. I've got uh, careppg.com, which is a small YouTube channel that I put some things on every once in a while. But uh, like uh, Eric, it, most of my videos are just so that I can learn what I'm doing wrong. And uh, well, at least for a little while anyway, I might start sharing those errors soon. <laughs> Who knows? I hope so. Put them on there so we can all see. Because if you don't see, then how can people go over to careppg.com right now, subscribe to your YouTube channel, and hit that bell notification so we can see what's going on. Eh? And he also makes a great calendar, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you uh, printing out those calendars for us. Um, so, yeah, Jim uh, printed out a bunch of calendars for us that we uh, we got a bunch of pictures that people uploaded over on pbgzone.com. And uh, Jim printed them all up. I bought 100 of them, gave them all out, uh, including over to Resurgence PPG so they can sell them and make some money and uh, help uh, Resurgence PPG. So we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun to be part of it. Absolutely. And everybody knows ParamountUSA.com, Linda Anderson. If you want to be on the show, go to ParamountUSA.com. Uh, any, anything else before we head on out? Anybody? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got, I got a little something else. Uh, All right. So Jade was touching on something about video process and taking up a lot of her time and, you know, not having time to get to it and stuff like that. Um. I spent a lot of time processing video um, and doing these shows and stuff. Um, I'm getting ready to step back a little bit, um, quit making so many YouTube videos and start concentrating a little bit more effort in some of my other aspects of life, like maybe building a house, that kind of thing. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, for the next couple of weeks, I will not be um, on any shows because I'll be out and about. Um, but getting back from that, I will try to continue to jump on a show every once in a while um but anyway you know i'm kind of uh stepping back a little bit i think as far as you know being here being able to be here every monday night going forward um man i love y'all and i just had a great time here for the last year being on the show um with you every week just about since i broke my leg and um just an incredible group, group of friends and uh, I look forward to continue to support you the best I can, tuning in, being in the chat, and, and when time allows, 
you know, come on and, and, and jump on in a co-host with you. But for the next couple of weeks, you're not going to hear much out of me. I won't be um, 10,000 feet of a mountain wow. without a pair of <laughs> Wow. I, I definitely can't wait to see these videos. Damn. Well, I mean, I mean, you are going to video I, this I, journey, right? I mean, of what you're doing and then we'll be able to see what you're doing over the next couple of weeks. Right. Or is this. Yeah. Wow. I mean, video is not my priority, man. I'm going to spend some time with my brother, get out into the woods, be in nature. Okay. Um, hopefully bring back some meat. Um, I'm sure it's in my nature to take video. I'll have a GoPro with me when I hunt. Um, but it's not, it's definitely not my top priority. Gotcha. Well, man, uh, we definitely appreciate you jumping on the show when you get the chance. And obviously the panel is just for anybody that wants to jump in anytime that they want to. And we, you're always welcome, Brian. And we definitely appreciate everything that you've done for uh, the show and for the community. Yeah, Brian. Thanks. It's a great community, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brian. For you. Thanks, Brian. It'll be sad. It's just move, moving on to a new, new chapter. Things, yeah. every, everything. Everything evolves and changes, and, and I will always be here to support y'all, man. No doubt. We're gonna yeah, have fun hunting with, you with your family and uh, be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I might have to take his place, Sean. <laughs> well, don't break your leg to, to do it. <laughs> we don't need that. But, uh, Brian, thank you so much for everything you do. Will Fly, thank you very much. Eric and Jade. Uh, you guys are awesome. I appreciate everything you've done for me on the fly-in. So thank you. Thank you, Jim, everything you do with the uh, calendar and everything you do for the community. Paramount USA, Linda Anderson, everything that you do uh, for all of the shows. And uh, Rue Man Walter from Down Under, you, you predict that we will be here tomorrow and we love you very much and thank you so much. Uh, this is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa, uh, Clear Prop TV, PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, and Paratalk.org. Signing out, we'll see you tomorrow at ppgshane.com. On Wednesday, Girls Just Want to Fly with Flying Flamingo Jade at Paramotor Girl. Um, Thursday, there's something going on. What was Thursday? Um, Something about flying with a paramotor or paragliding. What was that? Paragliding chalk. 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 All right. We love you all. Have a wonderful evening. Safe Thanks evening. We will see you next week. Good night. Cheers. Oh, no.